This podcast sponsored by Cherry Hill Volvo. At Cherry Hill Volvo, we have absolutely incredible offers, incredible offers, and a plethora of both new and certified Volvos from which to choose. Join Cherry Hill Volvo for the pricing and attention you deserve. I am Judith Krupnik, president of Cherry Hill Volvo. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. of talk now on talk radio 1210 wpht rich zioli the table is being set as we speak being set for the inevitable it's just too hard on his son he can't do it emotionally psychologically the president knows he has to put his son his family above politics because what the mean maga republicans are doing to him is unfair so he needs to pardon him and then, of course, he can't run for re-election. Welcome to the show. Glad you're here today. 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli. Great to be with you on a Thursday. Tomorrow we are live in Cape May, New Jersey at the Grand Hotel of Cape May. I'm excited for our last and final show of the year. So uh, in a few minutes, I'll play a clip from MSNBC. There, there, there's Yesterday there was a story that was leaked about how Joe Biden is just devastated. He's devastated by what Hunter's going through. And he blames himself. You know that it's only because he's pre- the Zioli Show on your schedule from Talk Radio twelve ten WPHT in the Free Odyssey app. All right, I had a little technical glitch there, but I guess we're back. Uh, so then, so the table is set, and obviously the issue of Joe Biden then just bowing out of the race for president and giving Hunter a pardon, and then what happens with that? How does that work? Well, all these stories that we're hearing right now. All these stories about how Hunter Biden is just what he's going through is just destroying his father. It's just destroying him to the core, destroying his very soul. He can't take it. He can't take it. Reality is he can't take what's going to come out about him and his financial crimes. That's what the president really can't take. And I told you yesterday, my theory is that when Hunter Biden came out and said, my father was not financially involved in my business, That was Hunter's way of letting everybody know that he was involved in his business. And I think that was Hunter's legal team making it very, very clear to the White House, you better give this guy a pardon or else. Give him a pardon or else. Hunter Biden is not going to go to prison. He does not want to go. Guys like him can't handle prison. So all these stories are coming out about Joe Biden, how devastated he is because these MAGA Republicans are being just so mean to his son and he can't handle it. And it's just, oh, it's overwhelming to the president. Setting the stage for the inevitable pardon of Hunter Biden and then Joe Biden turning around and saying, look, look, folks, I already lost one son, Bo, to cancer or war or whatever story Biden tells that day. I can't lose another son. So I have to do this as a father. I've got to put my children first, my family first, and I need to clear Hunter these charges. Let me be clear. He didn't do anything. 
but it won't stop. The MAGA Republicans won't stop until this goes away. So I'm going to make it go away using the power that I have as president to pardon him. And I understand this is going to be very controversial and a lot of people are unhappy about this. So I will not be seeking a second term as president, but I have to put my family first. And he's only in this situation because of me, because I'm president. And if I wasn't president, no, they would not be coming after him. So I have no choice but to put my son first, my family first. Of course, he won't say it with that kind of passion because he can't speak, but he'll read those words on a teleprompter. Now, look, that may not happen. I mean, maybe this is a a, a grand fantasy that I've dreamt up in my mind. I just see certain things playing out here, like a game of chess, you know, and I always try to stay a couple of moves ahead. Now, mind you that, see, this is the thing about political predictions, you're, you're assuming that everything stays on a linear track. And so you make your predictions based on the information you have at the time and the direction things are going. But there's always something that comes up that could drastically change everything. Obviously, we don't know what we don't know. I just said there's going to be a giant meteor shower. If a meteor comes down and, and, and kills Donald Trump tonight, God forbid, well, then the race just changed. Uh, the impetus for Joe Biden to get out may, 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 may change as well. I, I'm just saying you, you, you can't know what you don't know. But based on all the information I have at the time, here's what I know. I know that David Axelrod went on a tweet storm after hanging out with the Obamas all weekend saying Joe Biden can't win and he's got to go. I know that then the feds indicted Hunter Biden shortly after that on some very, very serious, serious charges. And they're still dangling the FARA charge, failure to register as a foreign agent. Still dangling that over his head. I know that since Hunter Biden's speech yesterday and they launched the formal impeachment inquiry into President Joe Biden, I know that all these corporate media heads are running around and they're all saying the same thing, how devastating this is on Joe Biden personally, how this is just an emotional toll he can't deal with. And the New York Post had that story yesterday. And the New York Post story was basically that. It was that people are afraid to even bring it up in front of Joe Biden. They're afraid to even bring it up knowing how Joe Biden is going to be, knowing how Joe Biden is going to, to feel on the inside. And then there's Gavin Newsom last night hanging out with Seth Myers. you know? He did the Fox News debate. So Gavin Newsom is popping up. He's everywhere. Him and his beautifully coiffed hair, he's everywhere he possibly can be. Yeah. So I see all these things playing out, and I keep turning around thinking to myself, wait a second, wait a second. Doesn't this all seem a little too convenient? Doesn't it seem a little too convenient that this is all happening in this way? Because if you're going to get the guy out, how do you do it? Right? How do you, how do you get him out? How do, you, how do you convince Joe Biden to go and still maintain his dignity? Now, he has no dignity, but how do you do that? Now, the one way to do it is to convince him that he already won re-election, and that his term is over, which would probably not be hard to convince him. And we say, Mr. President, today's your last day in office of your second term. Congratulations. It was eight phenomenal years. Have everybody give him a standing ovation. Let him give his farewell address to the nation. You know, and just kind of kind of Truman show the whole thing and just fake it like the moon landing, allegedly. But you could do that and probably get away with it. But Jill may not like that. So that may not work. Instead, you could turn around and say to him, look, here's the deal. This is going to come out. All your your link to Hunter is, is going to come out. And then you are going to be a disgraced crook. You are going to you are going to be a disgraced crook who's going to be looked at as worse than Nixon in history bribery scandal and your greed and everything you spent your entire life devoted to is going to come down to being defined by that your greed and you using your office to enrich yourself and enrich your family or 
You can be the heroic dad who steps in to save his son from the evil MAGA Republicans who are doing everything they possibly can to destroy your son. See, the Democrats want him gone. They, they really want him gone. There is no enthusiasm for Joe Biden. There's no support for Joe Biden. There's no grassroots for Joe Biden. Nobody's buying Biden merchandise. They also know that they're stuck with Kamala Harris, and they don't like that prospect either. She, she's even more unpopular than he is. But they know that Trump can beat him. Their grand, their grand plan of getting Trump to become the nominee, thinking that he was the easiest one to beat, has backfired in their face. They never took into account the fact that people actually may like his policies. They may not like him. They may not like his tweets. But they really love the policies, and they really miss the economy under Trump. They really do. And so Democrats want him gone. And all of these things keep coming out with his son at a time. And then, you know, this MSNBC clip yesterday kind of proves the point. It was a little bit after Hunter's speech and Monica Alba, who reported that the Biden White House found Hunter Biden's speech at the Capitol to be powerful. But there was a big emotional toll happening on the president of the United States of America. This is from MSNBC, cut number four. He has made a point to really speak to the personal connection here, of course, between a father and son, saying that he supports Hunter, that he loves him, and that he wants to continue to see him rebuild his life. That's what so much of this is about for the president, of course, because there is a fear among those very close to the president who we've spoken to that if Hunter Biden were to relapse or if anything were to happen, that that would be something that would, of course, take such an emotional toll on the president that would weigh so heavily on him and the first lady that that's something that's always really in the back of his mind. And so you saw there earlier today, Hunter Biden even saying, thanking his parents for everything they did to support him as he has been on this road to recovery. Yeah, and also reminding his parents, his father, uh, that you were involved in my business, just not financially, but you were involved and as vice president of the United States of America, if you are using your office to help your family members get rich, then you have broken the law. You have committed high crimes and misdemeanors, and you are going to get impeached. Or at least, you, you, you may not get convicted in the Senate, but you're going to get impeached in the House for it. And, you know, the evening news last night, all of them, the big three, CBS, NBC, ABC, no evidence. Where's the evidence? Where's the evidence? Huh? No proof. Where's the evidence? Where is it? Ah. At one time, a journalist in this country tried to follow it down. You know, the entire movie, uh, All the President's Men, which also was a book, obviously about those two brave Washington Post reporters, Woodward and Bernstein, who tracked down, you know, gumshoe reporting and put all the pieces to Watergate together and took down the president and blah, blah, blah. Today, I mean, if Nixon were, well, I mean, if Nixon were a Democrat then, it would have been the same thing. They just wouldn't, they wouldn't do any investigation. They wouldn't look. They would just go out there and spin for the White House. And that's exactly what's happening. If Nixon were a Democrat, it would have been the same thing back then. They would have spun it and said it was a two, it was a third-rate burglary. Nothing to do with the White House. There's no evidence the White House was involved. That would have been the end of it. And the Washington Post would have let it go. And if Nixon were a Democrat, he would have finished out his second term. That's just the, that's the reality. You know that. I know that. Obviously. And, and this is what the, 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 the corporate media is doing now. It's, it's where, rah, 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 where's the evidence? Rah, 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 what, what evidence? What, 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 where? Show us the evidence. Why don't you find it? You guys are journalists, right? You guys, are, you guys work in the media. Why don't you find it? You all wanted to be the next Woodward and Bernstein. Each and every one of those people wanted to be the next Woodward and Bernstein at some point in their life when they enrolled in journalism school. 
Now, maybe some wanted to just be highly overpaid TV newscasters or something like that, but I'm not, I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about the hardcore gumshoe leather driven, you know, reporters who want to go out there and pound the pavement and talk to their sources and get the truth and paint a picture. And then why don't you find the evidence? Why don't you find the evidence that the government is clearly covering up? Why don't you, why don't you do your freaking job? Oh, wait a second. They are doing their job. Their job, of course, is to do the talking points for the, for the president and the administration of the Democrat Party, obviously. And this is the other tricky part of this, too. You're dealing with a very stubborn old mule in Joe Biden. And Joe Biden does not want to believe that he was taken down by the Republicans. He, he in his mind, can't fathom that. Well, his, his mind can't fathom the difference between tapioca pudding and jello, but his mind can't fathom that. So you have to convince him that this is not losing to the Republicans. This is, this is just being a family man and his legacy is going to be that and that's what his legacy is going to be. Because if you make it seem like the Republicans have taken him down, he will, he will stay on and fight. And then that's going to destroy his chances of the presidency and destroy the party. And they all know that. They all know that. They're hoping... And they can paint a picture of Donald Trump as being this corrupt guy. If Joe Biden's corrupt, and you got you, it's, it's corruption versus corruption, they cancel each other out, and then people say, I just care about the issues. That's why in 2020, they worked so tirelessly to paint Joe Biden as this. He's just a nice Uncle Joe hanging in the basement that doesn't even have a Twitter account. He doesn't say mean things. He just wants to heal America, bring everybody together. And he wants to keep you safe from COVID so he only has six people at his presidential campaign events. And then the Hunter Biden laptop story comes out and they turned around and they said it was Russian disinformation. They could have just turned around and said, what we saw on this laptop was evidence of a son in pain, dealing with addiction, the grips of that, all the nudie pics, all the orgies, all the videos of snorting cocaine off hookers and everything. That was just a very, very troubled son. And they could have used it to Joe Biden's advantage. And how Joe Biden helped his son overcome addiction. And he will help millions of Americans in the throes of addiction too. But also on the Hunter Biden laptop was all the financial crimes of his father. So that's why the Russia collusion narrative came out. The Russian disinformation narrative. And 50 former national security hacks all came out and said, this is all the elements of Russian disinformation. And then the corporate media went with it and the big tech went with it. The unholy triad did their thing and that's what everybody came to believe. Because you could not break that image of just kind old Uncle Joe. He's so innocent and kind and loving and he's going to give America the hug it needs on election day, on impeachment day or, (laughs) excuse me, inauguration day. He's going to give America the hug it needs on inauguration day and say it's okay and it'll be the end of mean tweets forever. Now everybody's running around going, I would, I, can I get a mean tweet, please? If it means that my, my mortgage rate can go down to where it was under Trump or um, any prices, anything can go down to where it was. Like, I'll take mean tweets five times an hour. Give me five mean tweets an hour if you can just get back to where the economy was in January of 2021. But there was a different time back then in 2020. And I'm not even talking about the rampant cheating, and I'm not even talking about the fact that, you know, the Pennsylvania Supreme Court intervened and allowed all those mail-in ballots to come in past the deadline and unsigned ballots, undated ballots, all that nonsense that happened. I'm not even talking about any of that. I'm just talking about America's mood at that point. We had COVID, people were still afraid, and the economy was in a much different place. It was better, but we were still in a COVID economy. 
And this now, right now, just sucks. And everybody knows it does. And that's the, that's the other problem the Democrats have is that Joe Biden owns this now. He owns it. It's his. He broke it. He bought it. It's his. You swap him out with somebody else and then that person doesn't have that, doesn't have to worry about that. It's not, it's not his agenda. He's not, that person, whoever it is, whether it's Gavin Newsom, Phil Murphy, his royal rugness, King Philip the Unaccountable, Michelle Obama, I know Susie, I know, I know. Uh, whoever that person is, they don't have to own Bidenomics. They don't have to own it. They just say, that was him. This is my, here's my plan. Here's my vision. I'm going to cut spending. And that's what they'll all say that too. They will. They'll lie. They're not going to, but that's what they'll say. They'll all come out and say, look, I think the problem was that both parties spent too much, but I'm not part of the problem. I was a governor. I was just enjoying my life in Martha's Vineyard, telling everybody I wasn't interested in running for president. I had nothing to do with it. But if you elect me, I will have the people that actually run the place uh, cut spending. And then you know, like the fingers will be behind the back. You know what I mean? But they don't have to own Bidenomics. They don't have to be associated with that. And the Republicans will do their best to paint them as, uh, as, as part of it and to blame them and blame the party. But for a lot of people, they'll look at it and say, well, you know, it wasn't his fault. It wasn't her fault. Just the way things were. But Biden's gone now, so... Can't, can't blame them for Biden's failures. Can't blame them for Biden's economy. And then Biden can, can go out as being the, the, the sweet old man who did the right thing for his family in an age of bitter partisanship. And that's how they'll write it too in the history books. You know, they always say that history is written by the winners. In this case, now history is written by the left. And so the left will frame it as that Joe Biden just did the right thing at one of the most vitriolic times in American political history. He'll go down as a hero. Like, like there'll be kids' books written about him. And they'll talk about how this guy gave up the presidency for his son, who was unfairly targeted by mean MAGA Republicans. And none of those books for kids about Joe Biden will mention anything about Burisma or the Chinese energy conglomerate loan checks from loans that he never actually gave anybody, you know, using his office as vice president of the United States to, to literally extort Ukraine into firing the prosecutor investigating his son's business by withholding a billion dollars in aid. I mean, those books are not going to mention those things. You know, they'll just mention how in a time when America was so divided, Joe Biden tried to heal our nation, but it was too much even for him. And it'll be like a legend and a myth. And the indoctrination will continue and that's what everybody will learn. They'll come home and, they, and they'll have Joe Biden Day and they'll go, what'd you learn on Joe Biden Day? I learned that he decided not to run for re-election to save his son from evil MAGA Republicans who were trying to destroy him because he had a drug problem, mom. He'll turn around and go, wait, what? That's not what happened. That's not at all what happened. But that's how, that's how these things go, you know. That's how they go. Uh, there's no doubt in my mind that they want to take him out. It's just a matter of how they do it. No question. 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli. Big show straight ahead tomorrow. We are live in Cape May. Don't forget the Grand Hotel of Cape May, New Jersey is where we will be. My happy place for our live show. I want to see you there, okay? So make sure you join us tomorrow, 3 to 7 p.m. in Cape May. We'll have a lot of fun. We're coming right back. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. The clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. 
After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Thanks for listening to the Seoli Show podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and the Odyssey app. Now, the question is, are you going to go away? That's the question for Joe Biden. Are you going to go away? And I don't know the answer to that, but I do know one thing, and that is this. Uh, Democrats do want him gone. Welcome back to the show. Glad you're here. 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli. Here is a um, here's Professor Jonathan Turley last night who really took the time to break down the issue behind Hunter Biden. Now, in a minute, I'm going to play a little montage from the media about how, as you can imagine, Hunter Biden, the whole thing with him, this is all a gigantic, and you know this, of course, where is the evidence? There's no evidence. It's just mean Republicans, blah, 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 blah. But what Hunter Biden did yesterday by not showing up to the deposition, all right, so he gets subpoenaed by Congress to come to a closed-door deposition. He doesn't show up. Instead, he gives a big speech outside the Capitol building does not do what he's supposed to do, which is to actually show up and, 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 and speak before them. I mean, that's what the congressional subpoena was. And there's a lot of people who are turning around and saying, wait, didn't Joe Biden come out and say that if you don't comply with a congressional subpoena, you should go to jail? And the answer is yes, he did. And we played you the audio of that yesterday on the show. Joe Biden absolutely said that yesterday. So give me a break when you turn around and you go, hey, wait, whoa, 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 hang on a second here. You're telling me, you're telling me that what Hunter Biden did was okay yesterday? Here's a Turley cut one. I mean, it, it's really otherworldly to see these denials. But I got to tell you, even though Washington is known as a theater of the absurd, I've never seen anything like what we saw with Hunter and his lawyers today. I, I can't come up with a legal rationale for what they did. I mean, he effectively engaged in legal self-immolation. I mean, you had two choices today. You could go in and testify. You can appear and testify. Or you go in and you don't testify. There is no third flavor on this ice cream stand. You don't get to go in front of the Senate and literally mock Congress. And people have said, well, this might not be enforceable because the vote came later. There was an impeachment inquiry going on. The Democrats started an inquiry without a formal vote. There's no requirement for a formal vote. But more importantly, the subpoena came from the Oversight Committee, which has independent subpoena authority. So in my view, he's in flagrant contempt of, of Congress. And, you know, I've represented the House of Representatives. I have a lot of affection for that body. And I've rarely seen such open contempt for Congress. Yeah, well, you know what? The thing about it is that he has absolute contempt for everybody. He's a nasty, nasty guy. And then, you know, you think about where Biden has been in all this, right? 
Remember, originally it was he's never spoken to his son. Didn't know anything about his son's business. Then he never talked to him about his son's business. Now he's having no financial involvement in his son's business. And that word yesterday, financial, throwing that in there yesterday and saying, well, you know, he had no financial involvement in the business. What does that mean? Like he didn't do payroll? Huh? He didn't, he didn't send people gift, gift cards, things like that? Well, what, like what, what does that mean? What does that even mean? What does that mean exactly? But it was said deliberately in a carefully prepared statement by Hunter Biden, in my opinion, meant to send a message to the old man. Hey, look, dude, we all know I got the goods on you. I'm not going to prison. You got the pardon power. Give me a pardon and let's get out of here. Let's walk away. Let's take the money and run because otherwise they're going to confiscate it all. And we're, we're, I don't want to have to give this back. And I also don't want to go to prison because I'm I'm, guys like me can't handle prison. So that's why they put that in there. It's just a way to just remind them. I, we, know what, we, we know what you did, Dad. You were there. You were on the phone with me. You were, you were at the meetings with me. We all know you were involved. And we just did it in a way that the money never directly came to you. Because we did loan repayments. We found ways to wash it through and through. But, Dad, you know, if they keep pushing, they might get to the bottom of that too and find out that maybe you were financially involved. But you see, Hunter's such an idiot, he doesn't realize that just by saying he was not financially involved, you're saying he was involved. You're saying he was involved. You're playing a semantics game here. The semantics game, which is done deliberately, obviously, does not change the fact that his father was involved. And if his father was involved and he was helping other people in the family get rich, even if he didn't take a dime of it, he still has done something that is a violation of his oath of office. So that's just the reality here. And Jim Jordan said it well yesterday, this, this transformation of Joe Biden, this journey that we've been on with Joe Biden, how he's gone from not knowing anything to not being financially involved in his son's business. Cut two. We'll do a report and then we'll then we'll mark it up, pass it through the committee, and then it'll go to the full house. And I think though, Sean, the big takeaways today were number one, every single Republican voted to move forward with an impeachment inquiry and continue our oversight responsibility. Every single one. The conventional wisdom, oh, we can't get all Republicans. But a majority of the House is now on record in support of the investigation that we've been doing. Second is what you said in your opening line. Joe Biden went from no involvement to oh he participated in dead and meetings and phone calls, but they were just talking about the weather to today, Hunter Biden saying, my father had no financial involvement. That qualifier is huge. No financial involvement in the business. What a change. We would have loved to have Hunter Biden under oath in a deposition the way these investigations are supposed to work. And the first question we would ask him is, who's the big guy? Who's the big guy, Mr. Biden? The confidential human source said it's Joe Biden in the 1023 form. Your partner said it's Joe Biden. Who's the big guy? And then what was on that call that you made from Dubai at the request of Burisma to get help from D.C. when you called your father? What did you ask him to do? Because we know what he went and did. What did you ask him to do on that phone call? Those are two important questions that I think the American people deserve to know uh, about and the facts about. That's what we would ask him if we had a chance. I hope we get a chance. 
Uh, you won't, but I mean, you may, but who knows? Listen, uh, we got a great guest coming up. Is America headed down the road of Chinese communism? Uh, yes, it looks like we are. Certainly, if the Democrats stay in power, it, it certainly looks like that. Uh, great guest up ahead. Don't go away. But I want to tell you about my buddy Tom Skopinich. He's a fantastic guy. He is a fighter. That's the thing about Tom Skopinich. If you've been injured in an accident, he is going to fight for you and battle the insurance companies because the insurance companies are big businesses and they got one thing in mind and that's their bottom line. You need a guy who's going to fight for you, but who understands how the insurance companies work, how they play the game, how the insurance companies will fight you. And the thing about Tom Skopinich, it sets him apart from all these other lawyers out there is that prior to starting his, his own law practice, he worked for and on behalf of the insurance companies. So he's got that insider knowledge, and now he's going to put it to work for you as you battle them to get what you deserve if you've been hurt in an accident. So that's why he's so damn effective. That's why for 25 years, he's been fighting for people on both sides of the river. He's licensed in Pennsylvania and New Jersey. His office is up in Lansdale, Montgomery County, PA, but he'll help you wherever you are. Just like recently, a buddy of mine in South Jersey got injured in an accident, got rear-ended, uh, asked me for Tom's number. Tom and he, they, they connected within an hour. And Tom's on it. You know, he's taking care of it. And that's, that's the other thing, too. A lot of these billboard clowns out there, you know, you're not dealing with, you're going to deal with Tom Scopinich directly. You're going to deal with the man himself. And that's a big deal. So go to scopelawyer.com, S-C-O-P-E lawyer.com. The law offices of Thomas G. Scopinich, scopelawyer.com. The Zioli Show, on your schedule. From Talk Radio 1210 WPHT in the free Odyssey app. You know, America right now is in a very, very precocious place. As you see the agenda of the progressive left taking away freedom, spending massive amounts of money, and trying to control every aspect of our life. Are we headed towards Chinese communism, basically emulating that in our country? Well, she Van Fleet went viral a few years ago in Loudoun County, Virginia, when she spoke up at a school board meeting. And her new book is out. It's called Mao's America, A Survivor's Warning. And she joins me now on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. She Van Fleet, thank you for making time today. How are you? Okay, thank you so much for having me. No, absolutely. I, I remember playing your, your clip at the time you spoke out in Loudoun County, Virginia, uh, against critical race theory. I remember playing that on, on, on the show at the time, back in 2021, and uh, you became like an overnight sensation. But you were born in China. You lived through the Cultural Revolution, right? Absolutely. I spent my first 26 years in Mao's China. Hmm. Wow. And what was it like? Well... I I have I, I guess it's it's a long story, but I can tell you it is like slavery because uh, um, the party, the Communist Party (CCP), they owned every part of us. They control every aspect of our lives: what we can eat, how much we can eat, where can we live, and what kind of job we should have, and up to the point that what you can say and what you can think. What you can say, what you can think. I mean, there's a lot of that going on in this country right now in terms of what you can think, mm-hmm. right? They, they monitor exactly. us. They, they tell us what's information, what's disinformation. I, I imagine China is very much like that, right? Where they, they decide what is real and what isn't. Oh, yeah. The, the, today, it's different than most China. In most China, they, they are, uh, of course, they control all the information. And the only thing we, we could access to is uh, uh, 
what party allowed us to access to. But today, they use technology. They control absolutely, like Xi Jinping, they control every aspect of Chinese life in a different way. And now with the uh, social credit system, they can control where you allow to spend your digital money and how far you can go and whether you're allowed to fly or take train. And, and then before you even say something, they can just shut you up. You write in your book that the American Cultural Revolution is here and has progressed a long way toward its goals of destroying America from within to transform it into something based on some new mutation of Marxist theory. And and, and, and I, I agree with you. I mean, this, this transformation of America is absolutely here. No question about it. What, I mean, why though? Like what, what's behind it in your opinion? I know this is the question people ask. And actually I asked in the beginning as why they're doing this? Why would they want to create chaos and destroy everything? We know now why they want power. That is all about power. If you can understand this, everything else makes sense. They want to de- uh, destabilize the society. They want to destroy the, uh, the past and rewrite history and denounce our funding principles. For one thing, they want to destroy this country in order to seize power and transform it into totalitarianism. That's uh, Obama's word, fundamentally transform America. And they have successfully did it but we have to stop it. And people ask me where we are now. I think we are already probably uh, off the cliff or just haven't uh, hit the ground yet. So we have to stop it. Otherwise, America is gone. The, uh, uh, the, the future for our children are gone. It's all dependent on us to stop this. The book is Mao's America, Survivor's Warning. Shi Van Fleet is with me. She's the author. Uh, so you, you were born in China. You, you, you were sent to work in the countryside at age 16. Chairman Mao dies. You're able to go to college to study English, and you've lived in the United States since 1986. So 86 Reagan's president. I feel like America was in a much different place. And yet at the same time, all of the institutional forces were there to lead america down this road you know government was was big reagan was trying to fight it uh the progressive left was was getting very organized but but there was a change that happened when obama became president no question about that and i think that he was that night that he said that when he got elected you know the transformation of america has begun it was almost like they came out and said all right we can stop pretending now we can be open about it and he survived surrounded himself with a bunch of whack jobs who were who were very extreme ideologically to me, I think that was the beginning of, of, this, of this turn. It was Obama's election as president. Yeah, that is a turn for the worse, but it started really much earlier than that. And I have, people have to know, um, the uh, CPUSA, Communist Party USA, was founded in 1919, only two years after the Russian Revolution. And the CCP, the Communist Party, was founded in 1921, two years after the uh, Communist Party USA. And the communism has been here, has been here for a long, long, long time. They never stopped working on destroying this country. And uh, it's, and actually, it, it's, if you want to understand, uh, when this cultural revolution started, it's not in 2020. And it's, uh, it's started in the six, uh, 60s and 70s. And in my book, I describe this. This is uh, eerily 
uh, terrifying that while Mao was launching the Cultural Revolution in China in the 60s and 70s, we have the American Cultural Revolution is called counterculture, and it started here about the same time. And uh, so um, it did not really succeed in its goal of destroying America. So after that, those revolutionaries, the activists, they did not just quit. They become the tenured professors. And since then, they have been training and uh, 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 generations of Marxists. Those Marxists are now in control of all our institutions. When you spoke out at that school board meeting in Loudoun County, Virginia, against critical race theory, what what about critical race theory in particular? Uh, and I know you've written about this in your book in Mao's America. I mean, what about that theory and then this idea that we're all born guilty? Yeah, this is so familiar to me because that's what we were uh, taught. And that's what I witnessed during the Cultural Revolution, that there are just two kind of people. One is the uh, the people. Another is the enemy of the people. Who are the enemy of the people? They used to be the people that come from where to do family, own land, own property. Later become um, uh, and, and then evolved into um, people who somehow ideologically wrong. They think the wrong thought. They say the wrong thing. They all end up in the camp of uh, the enemy of the people. So the Cultural Revolution was about the people eradicating the enemy of the people. So it turned um, neighbors against neighbors, friends against friends, and family against family. Children will report the parents, and uh, and many of them get uh, either sent to the gulags or get executed. And parents report children so that and the whole uh, Chinese nation was divided and that's exactly what we see today. CRT is only part of it and they have many many more ways to divide the uh, American people. Race, uh, gender, sexuality and it goes on and on and on. They divided American people into people and enemy of the people exact the same way. Why? They want to divide and conquer. And why they want to do that? To seize power. It's a, it's a, a very, very important warning that you're giving us right now. Mao's America survivor's warning. She Van Fleet is with me. When you see, for example, the pandemic and the way America responded to that and, 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 and the control that a lot of these totalitarians, these little tyrants within our country did, uh, it, it, does that remind you of exactly what you're talking about, what you watched happen during the pandemic here in the United States of America? Yes. And then it's exactly, I think people get a taste of what it is uh, like to live under totalitarianism. But a lot of people go, go uh, went along with it, right? Because uh, they, they feel like uh, they'd rather be safe than free. And they, those people should pay attention to what happened in China. That CCP could lock down a city as big as Shanghai, hundreds of millions of people. And uh, I don't know how exactly, maybe not hundreds, but millions of people just shut it down and overnight. And many people starved to death. Many people died of other diseases. A lot committed suicide. Okay. So why that did not happen in America? It's because we have the Second Amendment. If we did not, the same thing will happen in America. So we are on the path 
to totalitarianism, and the people really need to wake up. Look at China. What happened in China is going to happen in America if we don't stop it. You know, what you just said about how so many people would rather be safe than be free is something I echo on the show all the time. And, you know, I always say every time you sacrifice your liberty and you give up your freedom to the government in the idea, in the name of keeping you safe, they're going to take that power and they're going to use it against you eventually. And we're seeing that more and more. You know, more Americans now being profiled, spied on, called domestic violent extremists. You know, if you have a Betsy Ross flag, if you have a gun. Uh, and, 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 there's, and they profile uh, us as American citizens. I mean, they we're all on lists nowadays it's very very scary it is absolutely terrifying we are more like china after we opened uh, after china opened uh, up to the west and we feel like uh, we can import capitalism and make china democratic what happened we become more like China. We become more totalitarianism. And uh, em- democracy was killed in China in its very infancy. Hmm. Well, listen, congratulations on the book. I'm grateful you wrote it. Uh, it's fantastic. And uh, get it wherever books are sold. Mao's America, A Survivor's Warning. Uh, congratulations on the book. She Van Fleet, thank you for, uh, for using your voice and speaking out. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. The Rich Zioli Show on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. All right. Now, we're going to be in Cape May tomorrow uh, for our last and final live show of the year. So I want to see you there. It's going to be a great time. We'll have a lot of fun. And uh, the bar will be open, of course, which is always nice because we, uh, we could all use a drink these days. Uh, and you'll meet your fellow Zioli Army members. There'll be a lot of them there. So come out. Make it let's say a big show. Big go out with a bang and have a great, uh, great year-end show. Join us tomorrow, 3 to 7 p.m. You can stop in a little bit. Stop in the whole time. It's up to you. We just want to see you there. Uh, the 4 o'clock hour, I'm going to get into a little bit about uh, uh, these Republican turncoats. It turns out that a bunch of Republicans just voted uh, to reauthorize the uh, unconstitutional FISA Act, which will further expand the surveillance of Americans. Everything that my, my last guest was just warning about coming true in America and 147 Republicans sold out and voted yes to reauthorize FISA without any reforms. And to make it even worse, to make it even more dystopian and more tyrannical against the American people. Her warning is accurate. You know, if you give up your your freedom for safety, you will you will end up on the receiving end of the government at some point. And yet we have not learned that lesson. And there are so many Republicans who once again disappoint us today, including ones right in our area. So I'll talk about that with you as well. But listen, guys, uh, Christmas is right around the corner. You got to get her something she's going to love and you got to get her something that she is going to look beautiful in. So that's why I have the answer for you. It is the naturally nude pajamas from pajamagram.com. And the best part about it is when you order these beautiful, soft, silky, luxurious pajamas, they're going to give you a free matching naturally nude nighty to go along with it. That's a $75 value, yours free, when you go to pajamagram.com. And they'll wrap it for you. They'll ship it for you. It takes all the work out of it. She'll look great. She'll be happy and comfortable, and you'll be happy. So do it today. They always sell out before Christmas, and you'll see the different. They have different styles and colors, and, and you'll, 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 you'll enjoy the experience. Just go to pajamagram.com. Click on the Naturally New Pajamas. Make sure you tell them I sent you, and get that free matching nighty, a $75 value. Do it today, pajamagram.com. 
who's going to play uh, Snow White, trying to now kind of walk back a little bit of her criticisms of the original Snow White. As Disney, like a lot of Hollywood, faces a reckoning where people turn around and go, your stuff stinks. We're not paying money for it anymore. Welcome back to the show. Glad you are here today. 855-839-1210. On Twitter, at Rich Zioli. But some sad news, because the House Republicans have once again led us down the road of more big government and more surveillance, and more of a police state. The House on Thursday passed the National Defense Authorization Act, an annual defense bill that will this year include an extension of the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act, Section 702, the controversial law that permits warrantless surveillance of foreign nationals, and, of course, is abused to spy on Americans. The House voted 310 to 118 in favor of the bill just before Congress left for Christmas recess. The annual national defense bill was passed by the Senate Wednesday and is now headed to Biden's desk to be signed into law. The final version authorizes $886 billion in national defense spending, an increase of $28 billion over last year. The critical legislation provides a 5.2% raise for U.S. service members, the largest military salary increase in over 20 years. However, bipartisan debate arose concerning the reauthorization of Section 702. Although the statute is intended to obtain intelligence by surveilling the communications of foreigners based overseas, Republican critics point out that it had been used to spy on American citizens who were in contact with foreign nationals. Senator Mike Lee, one of the sharpest critics of FISA, said Congress should have reformed the statute before passing it this week ahead of its expiration deadline. Senator Mike Lee and others, Rand Paul and Jeff Andrew in our area, some others, they all came out and they said they wanted FISA to explicitly prohibit the warrantless surveillance of Americans, saying the far-reaching law as it stands right now violates their civil rights. But of course, we were told, this will keep us safe. And you remember the FBI Director Christopher Wray went in front of the Senate today and uh, went on and on about how, you know, not today, but last week, he went on and on about how this is the we got to keep Americans safe. And yeah, there was abuse of the system, but we've got, we've got ways now to, to, uh, to deal with that. And you go, okay, so what happens? Well, if, say, an FBI agent unconstitutionally uh, spies on you without a warrant, we uh, write them a tersely worded memo. Oh, you do? Yes. It's a very terse memo. And um, there might even be some financial penalties, like they may not get a gift card. You know, if they've been FBI employee of the year, we may take away their parking spot. So it's very serious, all right? You spy on Americans without a warrant, and you're the FBI employee of the year, you are not going to get the parking spot, okay? So, and, and, and we're going to go a step further, too. If you spy on Americans without a warrant and abuse FISA, you have to bring in your own coffee mug. You're not going to be allowed to use the coffee mugs in the FBI break room anymore because we have to send a message that this is serious and we are cracking down on this. 
And nothing says that more than you've got to bring your own thermos. Am I right? Because then you forget and you get to work and you go, oh, I want a cup of coffee. Well, sorry, you can't have one. You unconstitutionally spied on Americans without a warrant. And, and, and senators, am I right? Is that not the worst punishment ever? I mean, come on, right? And then, just to show you how serious I am as FBI director, cracking down on this blatant abuse of the Constitution, any FBI agent who spies on Americans without a warrant will be ineligible for the $25 Wawa gift card. We're doing a drawing, a raffle at the Christmas party this year, the holiday party. I can't say Christmas, holiday party. They will not be eligible to participate. So this is going to really hurt them financially as well. You know, their chance of winning this $25 gift card out the window. So when I tell you as FBI director, I am cracking down. I mean, I am cracking down. All right. And the abuse, of course, will continue. Uh, that's what happened. And I'm not, I'm not shocked by this because there are just too many Republicans out there who all you have to do is just say the word terrorist. That's it. Just say the word terrorist. And it's such a trigger for them. They turn around, they go, ah, 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 right? Terrorists. They said terrorists. Well, then give the government more power over us. Give the government the ability to spy at us. Give the government the ability to profile us as domestic violent extremists. Let's never learn our lesson as Republicans as we watch the leading Republican candidate right now turn, turned into a, a, a story of government retribution and retaliation. You know, yesterday I talked about Section 1512. It's a, it's a federal law that was passed in the wake of Enron. And I was probably talking about it yesterday. Everybody's talking about it today. This show kind of works that way. We always try to be a little bit ahead of the curve for you. You know what I mean? Section 1512, which was passed after Enron, which has in, this, in the statute this whole idea about obstructing an official proceeding, which is what they're using against Trump and a number of these January 6th people who were either in the Capitol or by the Capitol or not even anywhere near the Capitol, obstructing an official proceeding. As this case has made its way up to court, and the question is, can the government use this case, use this law that was passed to deal with corporations who destroy evidence? Really, that's what it, what it came down to. Corporations that destroy evidence as part of a federal investigation. Can you use that in the case of American political protests? Because if you do, you're going to open up a massive, massive can of worms here. How many times do you see protesters, I'll give you an example, just in our area, in Philadelphia who shut down highways, shut down roads, shut down buildings all the time, right? I mean, in, in the summer of love after George Floyd was, uh, after George Floyd's death, after the summer of love happened, there were protests, violent protests across the country. But there were a lot of ones that were not necessarily violent. They didn't necessarily burn down a Wendy's and get, you know, a slap on the wrist over it. But there were some that just disrupted traffic, for example. Now, if, 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 if you disrupt traffic and somebody is on their way to go to a, an official proceeding, say they're the mayor of a town, and they've got to go to an official proceeding, and you made them late, and they missed the official proceeding, can you be charged with that federal crime? Yes. Theoretically, yes, you can, because if, if you interfere with an official proceeding, then that's a federal law. That's, you've broken federal law. And that's what they're using to go after people who were at the Capitol on January 6th, the idea that they disrupted the electoral count. And you, as this case has made its way through courts, you've had split opinions by judges, but a couple of lefty judges have pointed out, hey, not for nothing, but you know this could affect our people too, right? Like all the people that come inside the Capitol and, and sit in the rotunda and yell and chant and cry like babies about whatever it is. Or the people that scream out in the middle of a, of a congressional hearing. 
and they have to take a break. They have to stop the proceeding. You know, some wacko lefty who decides to take her shirt off and flash her, her, her you know what, to make a point about the environment. Uh, that's disruption right there. I'm just saying. It's a disruption. You disrupt an official proceeding. So now we can charge you under this act. And so a, a number of people, including the, the far right wing Washington Post legal guy, pointed out and turned around and said, do we really need the, to give the government more power here to take, to take a law that was written not for this purpose and now apply it for this purpose? And then now to say, hey, listen, if you protest and the protest causes a disruption, well, then you're now guilty of a federal offense. That was never the intent of Congress when they passed the law, mind you. And they've charged Trump with that as well. This idea that he's disrupted an official proceeding of Congress. So let's think about that for a moment, shall we? Let's kind of digest on that. President of the United States of America, let's say Donald Trump was president right now and didn't want them to reauthorize Section 702, which I hope he would not. Hope he's learned his lesson. That you give the government all this power, they're going to use it against their political enemies, including you. Right? So let's say he's, uh, he gives a big speech at the Ellipse this morning. And there's thousands of people that come. And he says, we're going to march down the Capitol peacefully. And we're going to make our voices heard. And we're going to fight like hell. Because if you don't fight, you don't have a country. Make them hear us. No to Section 702. All right? And then everybody marches down to the Capitol. And then Trump tries to grab the steering wheel of, his, of the limousine, the beast, and tries to head there too. You know, the magic steering wheel theory. But the Secret Service stops him so he never makes it. And then all the people go to the Capitol and they're all chanting and they're chanting and they're chanting. And they, and they don't do anything. They don't go inside. They don't move a police barricade. They don't fight with cops, nothing. They're just, but they're loud. They're very loud. And maybe they also shut down an access road so a member of Congress can't get there. And they disrupt the vote. Because Congress says we, we, we don't have a quorum or, or we're all nervous about all the rowdy people outside and maybe they'll come in and try to kill us and it'll be uh, January 6th all over again. So uh, out of an abundance of caution, we're going to uh, table this vote for now. We'll come back in a few hours. Everybody go run in the hallways panicked. Now you've just disrupted an official proceeding. See, this is the problem. This is the danger that we're going down this road now. I mean, as president, you have a right to advocate for things. And, the, and Donald Trump, as president on January 6, 2021, had the right to advocate for Congress to throw out the results of the Electoral College. Why? Because under the Electoral Count Act, Congress had the right to do so. It was an official proceeding because Congress had an official business to do, and that was to certify the election. It wasn't a ceremonial thing. It wasn't just a pro forma thing where, you know, they honor like a Cub Scout or something like that. Like it was actually, they had the law to follow, the Electoral Count Act of 1886 or whatever it was. That was the law in the books at the time. And they had the right to reject the Electoral College results and send it back to the states. As Democrats in years past have tried to do, like Jamie Raskin tried to do against Donald Trump, tried to get Florida's electoral votes thrown out. Nobody ever yelled at him for doing it, by the way. But... But Trump stood there and said, go down there. I want them to reject these results. I want them to throw them out, go throw them back to the states. Tell Mike Pence, you're doing the wrong thing here. You have the right to reject them. And that's what my lawyers say. He has a different legal opinion, but I say he can reject them. Now we're going to march down the Capitol peacefully and we're going to fight like hell. And if you don't fight like hell, you don't have a country. Now that's political speech. It's hyperbole, obviously. You're not actually telling people to fight with, with anybody. It's a, it's a figure of speech. You know, we fight. But his advocating for Congress to reject those results, the special counsel's arguing that Donald Trump was engaging 
in disrupting an official proceeding. But would it be any different if he was telling Congress, don't vote on something, on a bill, a piece of legislation that had a veto-proof majority that the president couldn't veto? No, of course not. Of course not. You, you're, you're, you're telling the American people, go there. I'm inspiring you. Go there. Make your voices heard. Tell Congress what you don't want. Tell them what you don't want and do so. Not smash windows, not, not attack cops, not do any of the, of the stuff that you've seen played over on the January 6th committee tapes, but go there and make your voices heard and tell them we don't want this. And in the process of that, the proceeding gets disrupted. But, but Trump had nothing to do with that disruption, and the special counsel's arguing that his words merely then were the disruption. That his words that day by telling people and telling members of Congress to reject the results that he was disrupting an official proceeding. As if that's somehow illegal. As if Americans don't have a right to let people know in Congress how they feel about an issue. A vote on certifying the Electoral College results. I mean, damn it to hell. Like This is the thing. We have, an, we have a right as Americans to be able to turn around and let the legislature know what we think about something. The president has that right. Of course the president has that right. I mean, what not that the purpose of every State of the Union address? For the president to stand up there and pontificate and tell Congress what he wants? The president can't pass laws, although the executive branch certainly does under the guise of promulgating rules. That's for another show. But the president has every right to tell Congress, hey, if you send this bill, bill to me, I'm going to veto it. And if you don't send me this bill, I'm not going to do anything else. I mean... If, if, if during a vote, let's say like this, I mean, we know that Jamal Bowman pulled a fire alarm, right, and stopped the congressional proceeding even though he was not charged with that federal crime because he's Democrat and Democrats get a pass. But let's say the middle of a vote, a very contentious vote on, say, I don't know, um, a, a, a tax bill or something like that, right? The president of the United States shows up at the Capitol building and he is not a member of Congress, so he has to be invited in. Like a vampire, you have to invite him in. Always know that, by the way. Vampires can't just come to your house. It's like Pelosi. If she shows up, you have to invite her in. Anyway, the president shows up, and uh, he's not a member of Congress, but they invite him in. Okay, Mr. President, come on in. And he walks in, and he's shaking hands and doing everything, and he's waiting, wasting all his time with people and chatting and chatting and chatting. And then uh, members start to leave, and then all of a sudden now they don't have enough votes. Like, oh, you see the trick you did. You just, you just delayed the vote. Well, arrest him. He just disrupted an official congressional proceeding. I mean, how ridiculous can we get with this stuff, right? And with everything like this, you got to go back to think about what was Congress's intent when they passed the law? Enron scandal happens and all of these corporate hacks destroy evidence, destroy documents. And it was perfectly fine to do at the time. And then Congress says that this is a loophole we have to close here. If we're trying to do an investigation... If the feds are trying to do an investigation, you can't destroy evidence corruptly and you can't corruptly disrupt an official proceeding. Official proceeding at the time being an investigation. So we're going to pass this law as a loophole, close this loophole under this massive Sarbanes-Oxley legislation, which transformed financial regulatory uh, agencies in this country. No idea that at one point we'd apply it to politics, right? No idea that at one point we'd apply it to political protesters, But my question is, how far do you go with this? If somebody's protesting outside of City Hall in Philadelphia and the city council members can't get in, you've disrupted the meeting. 
or if you shut down a highway, or if protesters, and this is what one of the federal judges said, you know, all these protesters and George Floyd's death that were doing all these things and all these, I mean, theoretically, all these people could be charged with disrupting an official proceeding. It doesn't matter what the proceeding is. It doesn't matter how official it is either. Because the January 6th certification of the vote, depending on who you asked, was either a pro forma ceremonial process or it was an official proceeding to actually decide whether or not Congress was going to accept the election results of the states, the electoral college results. Some people who say that it was, in fact, just nothing more than a ceremonial gesture. Mike Pence believed that. Other legal-minded people believe, no, look, the statute says if Congress doesn't want to accept these results, they send them back to the states. It's their right to do so. There's a process to do it, and here you go. But man, the idea that a president can't advocate his position on something, and he was the candidate in the election, the idea that he can't, he can't argue his opinion, he can't make his voice heard, but you give up your First Amendment rights to tell the legislature what you think in terms of passing laws, Presidents do that all the time on issues that are big and issues that are small. They make it clear to Congress we're going to veto something. That's another question I have. What happens if that happens? What happens if in the middle of a vote, the president calls the Speaker of the House and says, I just want you to know I'm going to veto this bill. And the Speaker says, all right, stop the vote, stop the vote. The president just called, stop the vote, and they, they stop the count right there. I mean, is that not disrupting an official proceeding? I mean, you just disrupted it. They were going to vote and pass it. You told them you were going to veto it, which is your right under Article 1, of course. You could veto the bill, Article 2, I guess, technically, but um, you just disrupted a congressional proceeding. You're not cool, man. We're going, to prosec- we're going to prosecute you. We're going to throw federal charges at you. You never should have done that. Well, I don't know. I thought I was saving you guys time because you're going to just send it to me and I'm going to veto it. I thought I was just saving you time. You'd make it easier for you to get to the Capitol Grill and start your, gorging yourselves on steak and you know lobster. I thought I was just saving you guys time. No, no, no. You disrupted an official proceeding. We were about to vote for it. This is, this, is, this is what I mean about the road down ridiculousness that we're looking at. And hopefully the Supreme Court will turn around and say, yeah, you know what? Considering that we have these originalists who are on the bench now, You'll turn around and say, when Congress passed this law, this disrupting an official proceeding, it was done to deal with a corrupt company that was destroying evidence to disrupt an investigation. It in no way ever meant to imply political speech, political protests, or anything like that. And then the consequences of that, the consequences of what a, what a First Amendment process is leading to the government taking an action. And there's a very distinct point on that, right? It's one thing if you walk over and you punch a cop in the face. It's another thing, though, if you stand at a protest and you're screaming about things and you're, and you're, which is your right, and you're yelling about things, and then a proceeding doesn't happen because of whatever reason. People are intimidated to go to the, uh, to the, to, to the vote. Uh, people get intimidated to have the vote because they're worried about the angry mob outside. The idea that, that, that your political event, that, that political speech, your advocacy of an issue, you're a mom in yoga pants and you're outside the school board meeting that night screaming about, do not mandate the COVID shot to my kids. You know, and a couple of school board members are nervous because there's all these, you know, angry moms outside and they decide to delay the vote or they don't come to the meeting. You disrupted an official proceeding, you terrorist. The idea that your political speech and then the government's resulting action 
and that, that there's an interruption of the government's official business because of your political speech, and we're going to criminalize that and put you in federal prison over that? No. No, that's not what we do in this country. We don't do that. You punish people for actions. You break a window of the Capitol, you got to pay a price. You hurt a cop, you're going to pay a price. You do any violence like that, you're going to pay a price. Of course, and they have. But when this notion that just your words lead to the government having to adjust its course, delay a vote, cancel a meeting, or anything like that, and now you go to prison for that? Because your, your political speech just disrupted an official proceeding when Congress never intended for that to be the law when they passed it. Is the reason why I think the Supreme Court's going to turn around and say, yeah, this is a misapplication of the law. And as the far right wing Washington Post said, we don't need to give the government any more power to interpret laws as they see fit for reasons to be able to go after their political enemies. Exactly right. 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli. If you would like to weigh in today on anything we are discussing, don't forget we will be at the Grand Hotel of Cape May, New Jersey tomorrow. Listen, my buddy, Dr. Mike Venaria, great guy, great friend of the show and the master of dental implants. Dr. Mike's going to take great care of you. I have a question. With all the gift giving, have you thought about giving yourself the gift of a beautiful smile? Well, you should because Dr. Mike Venaria can give you the smile of your dreams. He is a great... Great, great dentist. And when it comes to complicated dental implants, there's simply no one better. That's why for 10 years, he's been voted as a top dentist in New Jersey, highly regarded among his peers, his colleagues, and his patients. And his patients travel from all over for the great work of Dr. Mike Venaria. And all you have to do is just go to VenariaDental.com, V-A-N-A-R-I-A, VenariaDental.com. You will see firsthand how he puts care ahead of everything else at his practice. Dr. Mike has two offices to serve you, Cinnaminson and Woodbury, New Jersey, right over the bridge, easy to get to from wherever you are. Make sure you give yourself the gift that you deserve, a beautiful, beautiful smile. With my buddy and my dentist and the master of dental implants, Dr. Mike Venaria, VenariaDental.com. The Zioli Show, on your schedule, from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT in the free Odyssey app. All right, it's Thursday, a lot going on. Thanks for being here today. 855-839-1210 on Twitter, at Rich Zioli. Big day tomorrow at the Grand Hotel. We're excited. Matt DeSantis will be there. Uh, what time are you getting there with the Biden puppet, just out of curiosity? Uh, I'm going to aim for probably 2 o'clock. 2 o'clock. Yeah, All I like right. to get there an hour early. That's good. Yeah. I'm thinking 2.59. <laughs> I should walk in the door. Bourbon in hand. Bourbon in hand. Chef David Mills will have my bourbon ready for me. Mm. There's no way I can start drinking at 3 o'clock and do a four-hour show. Uh, you've no done way. it before. Well, that's true. I have done it before. You're right. Uh, but those are my younger years. <laughs> it was earlier this the same year. Like Fair a enough. month, month and a half point. ago. Yeah, you're right. It was in October. That's a good point. Fair. It's a long but, time um, ago. Think of how much I've aged since then, you know? <laughs> So much has changed. It's been a so much has changed, cycle. right? Am I right? Oh, my goodness. It's been a brutal news cycle. It'll age anybody. Thank you. And, and if you, if you um, are taking any kind of drugs to deal with the news cycle, you're not alone, by the way, but uh, major pharmacy chains have given cops, uh, law enforcement, your medical records without so much as even a warrant. I'm going to give you that story in just a few moments as well. But uh, I wanted to ask you the question now. That, so there's this, this story about these sports teams that are leaving cities because the cities are too violent. 
And, of course, right here in Philadelphia, we have the controversy going on over the new stadium for the 76ers, which, correct me if I'm wrong, they still want to put it right in the heart of, like, Chinatown, right? I mean, right in the heart of Center City. Is that right? Last I checked, yeah. Yeah. Which would be a freaking traffic nightmare, would it not? I mean, they try to tell you it's not, but we all know. And the city sucks right now getting around in traffic. I, 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 it's like it to put a massive, like a giant stadium in the middle of a of, of a city like that. To me, makes no sense whatsoever. And, but and imagine what the parking situation would be like on on game night. Yeah, uh, you would legitimately have to pay sixty bucks for a, a parking spot. Well, the easily. whole thing is like, oh, take the train. We're putting it right no. by the train station. No. No, I'm not taking the freaking train. I'm driving. I don't take the train. I would never do that. Yeah. Some people can take the train. Some people don't have access to the train. Like, I, I, lo- I love this this uh, the idea to just jump on the train. Train doesn't go anywhere near my house. So I got to drive to a train station, leave my car there, take a train. So now I get home, you know, three hours after the freaking game ends. Like, no. Plus, public I'm transport. not doing that. And public transportation in this city isn't exactly the safest at the moment. No, it's at, not. That, it, at late at night when a game's letting out at like 11, 30, 12, like, I, I don't know. Yeah, no, 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 no. And and then the other thing, too, is that you pile on these trains. Half everybody's drunk. You're all bumping up against each other. You know, some bro's like, yo, you touch me, bro. You know what I mean? There's a fights break out. No, nah, I don't need that. Nobody needs that. And what I love about Philadelphia is we have all of our stadiums in South Philly. They're all right there. You got a complex. It's a beautiful design. It's great. I think it's fantastic. Yeah. The way they did that was so smart. So now you're going to take one of those stadiums and move it and drop it right in the heart of a heavily populated, heavily congested urban area. And then let's think about the crime for a second because I always feel like going to South Philly, it's safe. I, I never worry when I go to the Eagles game or I go to the Phillies game or anything like that. I, I just I never worry about it. You know, you drive into the lot, you pay an exorbitant amount to park, but you feel safe. I've never not felt safe getting out of a game late at night. I always feel like there's a, a it's South Philly where the stadiums are, that whole area is kind of immune to all of the, the, the crap that goes on in the rest of the city. Now, I'm not saying that there isn't crime, but it, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think people... Like, I don't know people that have said, I'm not going to go to an Eagles game because I'm worried about getting mugged in the parking lot. I've, I've never heard that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I hear you on that. Totally. Well, I'm not going to go. The, I'm not going to go see the Phillies in the playoffs because I'm worried my car, I'm going to get carjacked. Yeah. Like in South Philly, I don't think people have that feeling. No, it's too open. There's too many witnesses, you could say. Like, yeah. It makes too much sense. It makes too little sense to commit crime there. But now, if you move a stadium and you drop it in the heart of a city like that, where you've got crime is very, very high already, you are going to see an increase because that's what Washington, D.C. is dealing with. I mean, that's why they just lost out on the Capitals and the Wizards to Virginia. Those teams are moving out of the D.C. D.C. is not going to have any more teams. And now they're going to Virginia and Glenn Youngkin, it's a huge win for him. But it's also a major condemnation of these cities and how the crime is dealing with things. And there's a story the San Francisco Giants lost out on. How do I say this guy's name? Shohei Otani? Shohei Otani. Yep, got it. I nailed it. And the reason why, they say, is in part due to rampant crime and homelessness. And Matt DeSantis, what did you say that they offered him a half a billion dollars a year? Oh, no, that was the uh, the owner of the Washington Capitals and Washington Wizards. Uh, Muriel Bowser started, I guess panicking because it 
became apparent that um, he was not going to renew their contract in D.C. and was going to move both franchises to Virginia. Um, so Bowser offered him $500 million to stay in Washington, D.C. Um, he declined. Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons, apparently, this was in the Washington Post, was due to the crime outside of the stadium. The, uh, Washington, D.C. just can't get it under control. Right, right. So, yeah, so now, so now they're out. And then that baseball player decided what? He doesn't want to play for the San Francisco Giants because of the um, in part, of the crime issue? Yeah, in part due to the crime and homelessness in San Francisco. Yeah, Ken Rosenthal, he's a baseball reporter. He uh, he was on a podcast the other day. I saw a clip of it, and he was talking about how all free agents uh, just don't want to go to San Francisco because, you know, the taxes, the crime, like all that stuff plays a factor into, you know, what happens there and it, their, their on-field product has suffered because of it because they've had good teams and they're just like a player or two away and they can't get them because no one wants to go to San Francisco anymore. Yeah, man, that's that. You don't think about that, right? Between the taxes, the crime and everything else. If you're a free agent you and you can, you can negotiate those kind of big buck salaries and you can go to, you can live in a place that's cheaper and safer and they'll pay you as much money. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it's kind of a no-brainer, right? Yeah, it's Two seasons in a row, they were one of the top contenders to get the top free agents. So last offseason, it was Aaron Judge. He ended up staying with the Yankees. Shohei Otani this offseason, he stayed in L.A. with the Dodgers. But, man, yeah, it stinks for them. Something similar happened um, in this past offseason, or was it last year? Two years. When did Tyreek Hill sign with the Dolphins? That was two seasons ago? That was two seasons ago, yeah. Yeah, he had uh, identical contracts offered to him from the Miami Dolphins and the New York Jets. And he ended up signing with the Dolphins because of the the tax issue. <laughs> yeah, taxes and the weather. I'd sign with the Dolphins too. <laughs> and yeah, also, it's not the Jets. <laughs> <laughs> They're terrible. And there's that too. But no, I mean, real. I, you look. Most of the people that play professional uh, sports in the city of Philadelphia, most of them live in South Jersey. You know, most of them have houses in the in the in the suburbs in, in Jersey or or the sub- they don't live in the city. I don't. Not many of them. I'm sure a couple of them do, but not a lot of them live in the city of Philadelphia. They're able to live in the in the burbs. And since New Jersey and Pennsylvania have that deal where you don't get a city wage tax, it's it's offset by the taxes you pay. You know, they have that little reciprocal agreement. They're paying more for property taxes to live in Jersey in many cases, but they don't have to pay the city wage tax. Since they're paying the taxes, and it's whatever the you know the deal is, and they wind up doing that. I mean, you don't you don't see a lot of them living in the city. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't blame them. <laughs> they buy big mansions in you know Haddonfield and Moorestown and places like that. I guess a lot of nice homes in Haddonfield. Cherry Hill. Nick Castellanos yeah. moved into Ben Simmons's old place when he signed here. Where is that in Moorestown? Really? Yeah. Yeah, and I I, I mean. Um, I'm not going to say where, but I know that the coach of the Eagles lives in South Jersey. Yeah, there you go. People see him around town and stuff. Mm -hmm. Apparently a very nice guy. Signs autograph for the kids. (laughs) He seems like a nice guy. Seems like a very nice... I told you I want that shirt that has the Italian flag on it. Oh, yeah, he's been wearing that. Well, they all wear it. They all wear their heritage. Yeah, and I want that Yeah, because I'm Italian. Yeah, of course. (laughs) You know, you get the French flag of surrender for yours, Henry. (laughs) Not French. Machette is the f- most French name I've ever heard. Henry Machette. You can't get more French. I mean, if you were Napoleon Bonaparte himself, you wouldn't be as we, French. We, we've gone over this. It's machete. <laughs> Will they make you French at Ellis Island? Is that what happened? They wanted to... I, I forget the whole reasoning behind it. 
It's like Italians are being persecuted or something. Like, oh shoot, we don't want to sound Italian. Let's let's sound French. They won't they won't be mean to us then. So they made it sound. They like know that. we'll they- surrender. So let's be French. <laughs> let's sound French. They know we're not going to put up a fight. It's all good. Yeah, it was something. It's probably like a smart that. strategy. Yeah. Yeah, these Italians. You know, the guy gets there. He's like, you know what? Listen, too many of you uh, without papers types. So uh, how do you feel about being French? And Henry's grandfather, great grandfather, was like, "Wee oui, wee," oui, and started miming right there on the sp- on the spot. <laughs> and then he dropped so the was, vowel, and it he was became something mashed. like that. Because like, on the on the immigration papers, it still got you know the extra I at the end. So I, I don't know. I don't know when they decided to do that. When did you decide to be a turncoat to your heritage <laughs> and your people? When did you decide to <laughs> deny your your heritage, Henry? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know at what point they decided to change it. I have no idea. It's why don't you put it back? Why don't you start giving the proper Italian pronunciation then? Say, hey, I'm Machete, yeah? <laughs> why don't you bring it back? Pronounce it like that, too. <laughs> I, I mean, Just I could. Saying. I could. I, I have the authority to. You know, there's another scam that's going on now called card draining. Have you heard about this? No. Uh, card draining leads to Americans being given gift cards that are worthless because crooks have already taken uh, the money up to $500 from them. Yeah, I saw so here's what happens. Criminals take gift cards from stores. They copy the numbers and then they return them to the shelves. And I, I guess the, the, what, what happens then is that you go to buy the gift card at the store, which, it, you know, you get a pin and an activation code. But at that point, the card's worthless and you load the, car, the cash onto the card but the criminal already has the number. So as soon as that card becomes active, say you go up to the counter at Target, right? You've got a gift card in hand and you say, I'd like to activate this for $500, please, an Amazon gift card. But the thief, the, the criminal had already copied the number and the pin on the card. So when that card becomes active, is the minute that, that, that those funds are transferred to it, they go online, put in all that information, and then you have a worthless gift, gift card on your hands. That's something. Jeez, that's terrible. Yeah. So what you have to do is you have to check for a sign that a card has been meddled with. If you see any scratches or scuff marks or parts of the card missing, don't buy it. Which you think would be common sense, right? But there's a lot of idiots out there. So what they do is the crooks will have scratched off the silver security foil. They will then replace this with a nearly identical silver foil, which is sold online. You can just buy it on, on online. So you can buy that little foil and then... They say that the only way you can really know is if you see any damage to that card or the foil. In 2023, Americans are expected to spend $29.3 billion on gift cards, according to the National Retail Federation. And a man was arrested and accused of tampering with gift cards in a Target store in Sacramento, California. Last Christmas, we received a Target gift card with zero balance. uh, And it was a sensitive subject to bring up with senders. Probably explains why the gift card was a zero balance. By the way, I'm not a big fan of giving people gift cards. I'm not I'm not a big fan of it. You know what I mean? No, you got that activation fee that you have to deal with. Not only that, but then you wind up having like a few bucks left on the gift card. You don't know how to use it. <laughs> the house always wins. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like in I, New Jersey, they'll confiscate that money after a certain period of time. Yeah. Christie nope. signed that law. You, they will oh, take, really? they will seize money on a gift card if it's not used within a certain period of time. Jeez. Yeah, because so, I, I know I have, I must have a half dozen gift cards just sitting around that still yeah. have a balance of like $2.91 on them or something. I have a CVS gift card. I kid you not, has 21 cents on it. <laughs> oh, 21 cents. Don't spend it all in one place. I know. Exactly right. 
So look for the foil, and if you see anything, then know it's a Fugazi, and, and, and any, any, if it looks in any way, shape, or form like that card has been touched in any way, don't buy it, because it's probably been touched in some way, and it's, it's, been, it's a scam. Speaking of getting touched in a way you're going to love, the naturally nude pajamas from pajamagram.com are amazing and beautiful and luxurious. Johnny Cook said my ads haven't been creepy enough lately, <laughs> so I'm going to raise the bar. All right? I'm going to raise the bar. <laughs> Speaking of inappropriate touching, scratching things off, the naturally nude pajamas <laughs> will light up your Christmas night. They are soft and they are cozy and they are luxurious. And the naturally nude pajamas from pajamagram.com will make her very, very happy. You'll, look how, you'll love how beautiful she looks in them and she will love the gift of comfort that you give her. And you will love the fact that it includes a naturally nude nighty as part of the gift so it's a 75 dollars value yours free with the purchase of the naturally nude pajamas so all kinds of different styles and colors to choose from she will be so happy and you will love how she looks in them they're luxurious and listen you know this christmas you have a lot to do they will make it easy for you they'll wrap it for you they'll ship it for you and you're good but you have to do this before it sells out because it sells out every year so go to pajamagram.com pajamagram.com right now order her the naturally nude pajamas so close it's like wearing nothing at all and then you'll get the free naturally nude nighty as well a 75 dollar value yours free do it today because this popular gift sells out have them take care of it for you she will be happy she will say thank you and you will be very very happy in return pajamagram.com pajamagram.com thanks for listening to the seoli show podcast from talk radio 1210 wpht and the odyssey app i'm gonna let this play for a minute keep going i have a reason for this it's a good song deep in the hoopla sinking in your fight Here we go, ready? Alright, stop it right there. Now, why did I say play it? What did you guys catch in that? See if you young whippersnappers caught well, it. I wasn't paying attention. I have no Marconi? idea. Marconi? Yes, Marconi. <laughs> I figured. And who was Marconi? The godfather of radio, correct? He's the reason we're here, damn it. Yeah. Giovanni Maria Marconi, yeah? <laughs> he was born in uh, Bologna in Italy. Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. He won a Nobel Prize, too, I think, in uh, physics. Not for really? radio. I think I should check that Did out. Did he ever win a PAB award? <laughs> he had a brother, the lesser brother, Alfonso. Nobody knows who the hell he is. Imagine, and he had a stepbrother named Luigi. No, they're, they're lesser Marconis. <laughs> Nobody knows who they are. Imagine that. Like your brother invented the radio. What'd you do? Um, I, have a, I work at a butcher shop. Oh, nice. That's good. Kind of embarrassing, right? <laughs> <laughs> you you uh, just called out a lot of celebrity like <laughs> siblings out there, I'm sure. Yeah. It's not easy. Yes, Giovanni Maria Marconi. He was an inventor and electrical engineer known for his creation of a practical radio wave-based wireless telegraph system, which led to Marconi being created as the inventor of radio, and he shared the 1909 Nobel Prize in physics with Carl Ferdinand Braun. 
uh, as they develop wireless telegraphy. There is a book by Eric Larson about Marconi and um, the wireless transmissions. It's excellent. But I'll tell you something. Uh, the Marconi Award, which is given out. You know, yesterday I was named number 10 major market afternoon drive personality by Barrett News Media, which is great. And it's a big honor. Thank you to Barrett. And thank you to uh, the Zioli Army for tuning in every day, to the outstanding producers on the show, Matt and Henry. Uh, but I've not yet received a Marconi. And I will not rest until at some point I achieve that award. I want to get a Marconi. Well, That's can, the highest honor you can get in radio. Better hope you get one before uh, the election, because if Asshat doesn't win... I will be out of a job. Yeah. It's an excellent point, Henry. Henry reminds me that I've, I, I'm, I'm, I'm rolling the dice here. I'm, I'm laying it all on Asshat Hutchins. Who's pulling? Did I say his name right, Matt DeSantis? Uh, say it one more time. Asset Hutchins. It doesn't, it doesn't sound right to me. I think Hutch, you Hutchinson. Asset Hutchinson. That sounds better. I have said that if he is not president, I will give up this microphone. <laughs> From my formerly pangolin-stained fingers, you will not even have to tear it out of my undercooked bat burger hands. You will just have me giving it up voluntarily. That's how confident I am that Asset Hutchins will become the next president of the United States of America. <laughs> should, should I check his polling numbers to see how we're doing? No, I don't ever believe the polls. They're all lies. Okay. And that's why, even though I was wrong on Doug Burgum, I called that one wrong, but I'm going to be right. This is Hutchins. Hutchins? Is it Hutchins or Hutchinson? That's Hutchinson. the part that always tricks me. Hutchinson. Hutchinson. Yeah. Uh, this is his moment. So well, either he's president or I'm out of a job. But then if he is president, I should get a Marconi. <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, if he is president, you should get a Marconi. You For the boldest political prediction of all time. Uh, let's check in on Twitter, shall we? Some uh, social media check-in from our friends over at uh, Cherry Hill Vavo. Sid uh, sharing me a tweet. Jason Martinez breaking Gaza protest as the school shut down right now and I-76 West is stopped. Uh, so if you are headed in that direction right now, I don't know if they've cleared it up yet, but I'm trying to figure out if that's still going on. But this, this is what I mean. I talked about this earlier. What does disrupting a, an official proceeding mean? If these protesters, these jackasses, keep somebody of prominence from getting to an official proceeding and they can't have the proceeding, I would imagine you could charge all of them with a federal crime. Couldn't you? I mean, yes. Why not? If, if, that's, if that's how we're doing this, if that's the game we're playing here, which is that if you're a political protester and your actions lead to the government having to delay a meeting in some way, shape, or form, then yeah, you should be charged with a federal offense. Right? I mean, that's, that's, that's what they're saying with the Capitol, right? That's what they're saying with everybody on January 6th. Congress had to delay the vote by six hours. Therefore, you disrupted an official proceeding. And unless you're a Democrat named Jamal Bowman and you pull the fire alarm, they'll charge you with a federal, federal offense. I-76 blocked by pro-Palestine protesters calling for a ceasefire in Gaza. This is apparently happening right now. Live. I-76 westbound and the Schuylkill were blocked during rush hour because of the protests, which began around 3.30 p.m. I don't know if it's actually been resolved as of yet, but as of 22 minutes ago, Fox 29 is still saying that there were, there were protests going on. So we'll follow that up, right? Don't you think, Matt DeSantis? Oh, yeah. Sorry. I'm trying to find details now, actually. Yeah. Let's get a, get a, because I know a lot of our, our audience has to drive through that, that I area. Do. I do. It looks yes. Like we all better, do. They better be gone. Yes. It looks like they better be gone. It's right. Well, you know what? Let me put on, put on the local, uh, uh, the local news, shall we? Can you do that for me? Uh, yeah. yeah I know we, we usually keep Fox on. You guys have Fox on in there. I'll put on the local. I'll put on uh, Fox 29. 
How about that? We'll see if we can get the coverage of the protesters. But but why? But but all these people who are doing this and they're shutting down an official proceeding. You could also argue that even if they don't stop anyone from government from getting to an official proceeding, you could make an argument if you want to keep stretching this federal law that if you block traffic, that is blocking an official proceeding. People getting home, right? People getting home and their their commute. Thirty two people have been arrested. Well, they won't be charged with a federal offense, but they should be. I mean if if they disrupt the 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 official proceeding is just people going home from work the government stretches the definition of a law so let's keep stretching it let's do this if you're going to take a law that was passed in the wake of the enron scandal and say that like a corporation destroying evidence to stop an official proceeding i.e an investigation into enron is now the same thing as political speech interfering with a congressional proceeding regarding the certification of the electoral count act then you have to keep going you've already you've already taken a law that was not meant for that 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 purpose and you've expanded it and you're using it now outside the confines of what congress intended for it so keep going with that define official proceeding is 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 the commute an official proceeding i would argue sure absolutely and you just disrupted my commute the other thing too is that in my uh zioli etiquette handbook just my my my, my thinking to protesters is, do you jackasses not understand that there's nothing people hate more than having their commute disrupted in a city that already has horrible traffic? Do you honestly think you're, you're bringing anybody over to your cause? Like, oh, thank you. Maybe an extra hour late tonight to get home to see my family. Thank you. I'm definitely on board with your cause now. Thank you so much. Like, if you're trying to win hearts and minds, maybe the way to win hearts and minds is not to turn around and to, to, to make it even harder for people to get home on a night that they just want to be home with their kids and see their family and get, get home. Who in their right mind thinks that that's how you win people over to your cause? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to do the one thing that everybody hates. The one thing everybody hates in this city they complain about the most is the traffic, particularly where 76 and 676 meet up. That little, that little uh, gridlock that's always there, so it's frustrating, right? All the time. Right, let me block it and shut that down and make life worse for everybody. And while I'm at it, I'll shut down the Vine Street Expressway too. This way people don't even have a workaround. Hey, thanks. I hope you liked the fact that I just made you, uh, you know, three hours late for dinner. Will you sign up for my cause? Will you join me in demanding a ceasefire? Like, Jack, like, no, idiot. No, I hate you and I hate your cause. I hate you more now than I ever fathomed. I hate you so much for what you just did. All right. 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli. We've got a big five o'clock hour coming up. We'll give you the latest on that if there's any more details on that protest on 76 and 676. What do you got? What do you have over there? You said 32 people have been arrested. Anything else? Nah, that's all that I've seen reported thus far. All right. I can't. um... It looks like ABC has a live shot, um, at least a shot that they're claiming is live on their website. And if it is the case that it's live, then there are still a lot of people out there. But um, I'm not entirely sure that's accurate because it looked like it was lighter in the video than it is currently. (laughs) All right. Well, ABC Disney China is doing a Disney 100 commercial on the uh, 6ABC affiliate. What's that? I said that's what I'm watching right now, too. Yeah. Oh, I just got some infight information. Ooh. Yeah, there's, it looks like they're still out there. Yeah, blocking down the roads. I don't know. I mean, I hate these freaking people. I, it, it, I, will, I will do the opposite of your cause. When, if you shut down traffic and make me late, if you disrupt my commute, I will do the opposite of whatever it is. Even if I agree with your cause, I'm now on the other side of it. If you, if you were doing a protest to say, to, to demand uh, a, 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 you keep Columbus Day and you block my friggin' 
commute. I now hate Columbus and I hate you. And I'm going to now uh, demand Indigenous Peoples Day. I'm going to do the exact opposite of whatever you want, <laughs> even if I agree with you, just because of the fact that you shut down my the road and you made me late and you disrupted my commute. In a city that already has uh, traffic, it sucks every day. Now you made it worse. I hate you. I hate whatever you stand for. What do you stand for? Oh, you want to give me the, the, the Marconi Award? Screw you. I don't deserve it. I hate you and I disagree. <laughs> whatever it is. Whatever it is. I'm now on the opposite side of you. You will never win hearts and minds doing, the, doing that way. Never. Good. They, they arrested a lot of these people. Good. Make, charge them with a federal offense. Disrupting an official proceeding. The official proceeding being people getting home to work, getting home from work, and doing whatever they have to do in their lives. It's an official proceeding. It happens every single day. It's called the evening commute, the afternoon commute. And you people just disrupted it. So there you go. It looks like there are a couple hundred people still out there still. All right, well, then if you are listening right now and you have any plans to be in the area, don't. Because a bunch of idiots have uh, decided to win hearts and minds by, by, by shutting down a highway. These people are the absolute worst. I hope the police, you remember when the police tear gassed them and everybody was angry? I wasn't. You know why? Because I said, <laughs> at the time, I said, well, you know, the thing about it is that you can protest and not shut down a road. You can protest anywhere you want. It doesn't have to be on that highway. And we live in Philadelphia. We live in the city that said in the First Amendment, you have a right to protest, but not in the middle of a freaking highway. It's dangerous and it is not safe, which is the same thing as dangerous, obviously. And it is the most, the rudest possible thing you can do. Whatever your cause is, I now hate you for it. You could be shutting down 676, demanding that I become president. I will now vote against myself and hate all of you people. I'm now on the opposite side of you. All right, big five o'clock hour coming up. 30 minutes of nonstop talk. Don't go away. Rich Zioli, weekday afternoons, 3 to 7. Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and on the free Odyssey app. WPHT, WPHT, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. From the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. Always live on the free Odyssey app. The revolution will be broadcast. Is the next generation of talk. Now, this is the drive at 5:30 minutes of non-stop talk with Rich Zioli. Yes, right now we are watching a shutdown on 76 westbound at Spring Garden Street in Center City, right by the Schuylkill, by 76 and 676, not far from the studio, as a matter of fact. Uh, very, very close to here. Uh, protesters demanding uh, justice for Gaza and a ceasefire now, and they're now pledging to be out there every single day disrupting life until there's a ceasefire in the war between Israel and the terrorists known as Hamas. Welcome back to the show. Glad you're here. 855-839-1210 on Twitter, at Rich Zioli. This is the thing, you know, I, I was watching the coverage of this and, and the cops who have to stand there and do nothing because they're not allowed to do anything. And I know what all these cops are thinking. They're thinking the same exact thing. Why can't we move these people? Why, why do they get to do this? How come they get to shut down the, the roads? Why do they get the right to do that? Where does that right come from? Well, I know the cops are thinking that. I mean, you think, think about it this way, right? I'm just going to use this analogy for you. There's no right to protest on a highway. There's no right to shut down a protest on a, on a, on a highway. You don't have that right. You have a right to protest, but it doesn't say it's to be on a highway, right? Capitol building is a public building. You know, the United States Capitol building is a public,
public building, like all government buildings are public buildings. We own them as taxpayers and everything like that. There have been people on January 6th, the high holy day of the left, who just went inside the building. They walk into a public building that at any other day, if they walked in, they'd be fine. And they've been charged with criminal trespass of a government building, a restricted area, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, these protesters, these jackasses are out there right now, shutting down traffic on a major highway, on a city street in Philadelphia. That's eh, fine. Per- perfectly fine. No problem. They're interfering with everybody's commute. No problem at all. You know why? Because this is what this is. The, this is the double standard. As long as you are on the right side of the issue, and I don't mean right in the political context, I mean on the side that the left likes, you do whatever the hell you want. Do whatever you want. You want to burn down a Wendy's? Burn down a Wendy's. It's fine. You want to bur- if you want to burn down a Wendy's because you're mad that George Floyd uh, died, that's fine. You can do that. You'll get a, like, you have to do like community service and, you know, may have to write like a, 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 an essay or something, but it's okay. It's all right. If you walk in the Capitol building on January 6th, so you're going to go to federal prison for maybe years. It's, it's, it, it is the reason why when the January 6th committee came out, that Fugazi committee with their fake hearings and everything else, and people turned around and said, all right, now do the summer of love. Do 2020 when people are burning down cities and courthouses and government buildings and do all those things. If you, I have a question. I'll ask this for a friend. If you burn down a courthouse, have you disrupted an official proceeding? See, I would argue yes, because now there's no courthouse. Like if you burn down a courthouse or you set fire to a courthouse or you do anything to disrupt a, that, you have disrupted an official proceeding. So how come nobody in the, in the wake of George Floyd's death in that summer of love of 2020, how come nobody's been charged with that crime? Nobody, not one person, not one person has been charged with that crime. Why not? That's what I like to know. I mean, a judge has said that people who, who have committed those riots could be charged with those crimes. But the case is working its way to the courts right now has to do with the man on January 6th. So I want to know why these protesters aren't charged with that disrupting of, a, of an official proceeding. And the double standard of this infuriates people. So right now, if you're getting in your car and you're prepared to, to drive home and you've got to go near the school or 30th Street Station or anywhere in that area, just be prepared that these people are standing there and they are shutting us down. They've dropped major signs that are hanging down now in 676. And they're going to say they're going to be out there every day disrupting life until there's a ceasefire. Every day. That's fine. And they're allowed to. And the, and the police in the city, as much as the cops, I know the cops would love to move them and, and literally shove them into buses and drive them down to uh, Independence Mall and say, here, protest here. Here, knock yourself out. Protest here. But they can't. They're not allowed because... Because you have to instead hear the interim commissioner come out and, and make a statement that I know he probably doesn't even believe. We're here to make sure these people are safe, exercising their First Amendment rights. How come you have a First Amendment right to shut down a road, but you don't have a First Amendment right to walk into the United States Capitol building? How come? I don't explain, explain that to me. I can't, I can't figure that out. I really am trying to understand that. I know that the Capitol building is open to the public. I, I used to work for Congress. I know this. I, it's open to the public. It's a public building. It's a public building. You can go in there any other day. You walk into the building and you're fine. You go in on that day. You're now a criminal. You trespass, criminal trespassing. You went through a restricted federal area, blah, 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 blah. You shut down a freaking road, highway. It's fine. It's your First Amendment right. It's your right to do so. You have that right. This is why people think that this is such hypocrisy. It's for that reason right there. Exactly that. That couple down in South Carolina who burned down that Wendy's and got like a slap on the wrist. Burned down a Wendy's. They were on the right side of the issue, though. 
They were angry that George Floyd died, and so they decided to burn down a Wendy's to protest America's systemic racism, even though that had nothing to do with why he died. It was drugs. But they were on the right side of the issue, so nothing happens to them. Nothing. They get a pass. Everything that happens, and this is why people get infuriated, is the double standard in this country is ridiculous. You see it, and I see it, and we see it every single day. Every day. So we still have this right now. The group with, uh, let's see, thank you to uh, Gritsrew3 for saying this to me. Uh, the, 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 the signs say, let Gaza live and cease fire now. She wants to know, why are the cops even there? These are terrorists shutting down streets. I agree. I agree. I don't know. Yes, thank you, Matt. Thank you for that. The, uh, the people who committed, that burned down that Wendy's, right? Five years probation and a $500 fine. Burnt down a Wendy's. Five years probation, $500 fine. The guy who's now making the, 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 the case of the guy who was a police officer at the time, he's since lost his job, Army Ranger, making his way through the courts. Ultimately, the Supreme Court's going to hear the case. This guy was in the Capitol building for, I think they said, I, I think it was like six minutes, whatever it was. He, but he went inside. And he was making all kinds of, uh, of joking things like, you know, they, they can't vote if they're dead, LOL, like making comments like that. He didn't kill anybody, didn't try to kill anybody, didn't, didn't commit any violence. He made, he made like dumb like bro jokes, you know, to his buddies. And which is the First Amendment right. I mean, unless you directly threaten somebody, like unless you say, I'm going to go, I want you to kill these people, I want you to do these things. It's obvious he was making jokes. And whether they were in poor taste or not, doesn't matter. The First Amendment still protects that. But he was in the building for like six minutes and they charged him with disrupting an official proceeding. So now he's facing federal prison time and massive fines for that. These people burned down a Wendy's in, in South Carolina and they got five years probation and they have to pay a $500 fine. Think it cost 500 bucks to rebuild that Wendy's? Out of curiosity. Think it was 500 bucks or you think it was more? What do you think? Huh? What do you think? I mean, this is, this is, this is why people just get, they just, people tune out after a while to the nonsense of the left warning about Donald Trump being a demagogue because they see it for themselves. They see it with their own eyes. Yeah, you know, it's like the January 6th protesters, what they did, many, many of the individuals there uh, did things that they should not have done, like break windows and things like that and push back on cops. And I, I, I mean, obviously, we all, like, we've all said that. We have, nobody's not saying those things. But there were a lot of people who just didn't do anything other than protest and then go inside a building, a government building, a publicly owned building. Not unlike the people that just did that who were protesting for Hamas and went into the Capitol Rotunda and sat down and refused to leave. And because they're on the right side of that issue, the, uh, the, the, nothing happened to them until the speaker told the Capitol Police, the sergeant in arms told the Capitol Police, move them out of there. But then even then, you know, well, you got to be gentle. It's their First Amendment right. Wait, how come they have a First Amendment right to come into the Capitol and sit in the rotunda like children and protest? And, but if you walked in the building to you know, take a whiz on January 6th, you're going to prison. See what I mean? Now, people turn around and they go, this, the double standard in this country is, is just, uh, it's it truly outrageous and it has to stop. I am uh, tired of it and I know you are as well. And you watch this, what's happening with this commute. You look at this and you turn around and you go, how, how, is, it, how is this okay? I mean, what, what gives you the First Amendment right to, to shut down my commute and to make my life more difficult? This case that goes through the courts right now, and I can't emphasize this enough, which has everything to do with what's going to happen to Donald Trump. The, the statute says, whoever corruptly, 
alters, destroys, mutilates, or conceals a record, document, or other object or attempts to do so with the intent to impair the object's integrity or availability for use in an official proceeding or otherwise obstructs, influences, or impedes any official proceeding or attempts to do so shall be fined under this title or imprisoned for more than 20 years or both. All right? So that's what they're charging the former president of the United States of America with, Donald Trump, with that. The idea that his words on January 6th disrupted the official proceedings of Congress. His words did that, right? Now, all these people are disrupting my commute, disrupting the course of traffic, disrupting maybe official proceedings because maybe there's elected officials who are trying to get home to a meeting. Who knows? Doesn't matter. What define official proceeding? Does it have to be just a government proceeding? What if it's the Rotary Club? What if it's the, uh, the Knights of Columbus? And it really doesn't matter. If the government's going to stretch a definition of law, keep stretching it. Keep stretching it. As the Washington, far right wing Washington Post put it, and they put this very, very well when they said, uh, the country does not need a new open ended grant of power to prosecutors to reach into the political system. Does not need a new open ended grant of power to prosecutors to reach into the political system and then start going after people. So, this guy Fisher, in his case, it's moving through. And you have a number of these judges who are on the left and they're turning around and saying, you know what? Um, and even judges on the right, like Judge Gregory Katzis, for example, he's a Trump appointee. He said the government's unprecedented use of this 1512 rule, which was passed in the wake of the Enron scandal to deal with corporations who destroy evidence in an investigation, could apply to advocacy, lobbying, and protest in the future. I agree. All those things. I mean, look, if you're a lobbyist and you take a member of Congress out, I'm going I'm to pose a hypothetical to you. Uh, you take a member of Congress out to the Capitol Grill and you have a nice dinner, very expensive, cigars after, anything like that, you convince that member of Congress to vote no on a big energy bill, right? Next day, the vote die. The bill dies by one vote. One vote. How come the lobbyist doesn't get in trouble? He disrupted an official proceeding. Had he not taken that congressman out to dinner, had he not convinced that congressman to vote the other way, had he not donated to his campaign, had he not bought him a steak dinner, had he not got him drunk? Maybe got him girls. Who knows? Uh, how come he's not being charged with disrupting an official proceeding? You, we'll get, we'll, we will get to that point. Oh, we absolutely will. We'll get to that point because the government loves to use whatever power you give it and stretch it and stretch the definition to go after its political enemies. Yeah. This judge, this Trump judge, he's, he seemed to almost mock the DOJ's retooling of a corporate fraud act to encompass unruly protests. He said, Section 1512 seems an unlikely candidate to extend obstruction law into new realms of political speech. And in quoting another judge, Katzis joked that every building in Washington would be converted into a prison should the Department of Justice's current reading of obstruction stand. A differently configured appellate court, which still includes Justice Pan, reached a similarly split outcome this month in Robertson's appeal of the 1512 conviction. A three-judge appellate panel ruled two to one in favor of the government. Pan is married to a well-known Democratic Party activist, Max Steyer, who wrote the majority opinion for both decisions. And the appeal raised even thornier questions for the appellate court since he was not convicted of assaulting police. Pan and Judge Cornelia Pillard, an Obama appointee who barely survived a fraught Senate confirmation fight in 2013, argued that the government's reliance on restricted grounds and disorderly behavior filled the legal bill on corrupt intent. Now, Right now, this highway 
if you're just walking in the middle of traffic, you're not allowed to do that, right? So it, roads, we all agree, are for cars and bicyclists now, but you're not allowed to just like walk in the middle of traffic. There's laws against that. It's like jaywalking laws, for example. So if you're disorderly, your behavior shuts down traffic and you're on restricted grounds, grounds that are meant for cars and vehicles, why, is, why have you not now broken this federal law is my question. Why have you not broken 1512, a law passed in the wake of Enron to, to now deal with disrupting uh, proceedings? And the reason why is because all these protesters are on the right side of the issue, the, the, the side that the left agrees with, which is, which is ending the war and standing with Gaza because they hate Israel. By pan and pillage standards, 1512 would have applied to hundreds of protesters who illegally remained in Senate office buildings and physically confronted lawmakers during the confirmation hearings for Brett Kavanaugh in 2018. Remember that? I do. Same for protesters who two weeks ago disrupted a Senate Foreign Relations Committee hearing and unlawfully occupied the rotunda in the Cannon office building to protest the Israeli-Hamas war. And the ju- one of the judges who dissented, Judge Karen Henderson, appointed by George W. Bush, criticized her colleagues eye-popping sweep of what rises to corrupt conduct. Further, the judge argued that any unlawful benefit, another factor when considering whether someone acted corruptly, must involve some personal or professional gain outside of simply wanting one's preferred candidate to remain in office. Quote, none of this evidence comes close to establishing at all, much less beyond a reasonable doubt, that this guy Robertson acted with the intent to obtain an unlawful benefit for himself or another. Now, defense attorneys in the case of Fisher, who's the retired cop who, uh, I'm not retired, he got fired after January 6th, who went inside the Capitol building for, you know, six minutes or whatever. They say that um, this may be the time when they actually finally now say enough is enough and reign in the government for this. But at this moment in time, I want the, I want the government to expand this, this law and, and start charging protesters all around the country. Because protesters disrupt everything, do they not? Every protester who went and ransacked a store in Philadelphia a couple weeks ago, we act like that just didn't happen, right? Remember that whole, we had a couple nights of that where they didn't like a ruling a judge made and they went out there and, and they looted and they vandalized and all these other things? I want them all charged with federal offenses. They disrupted an official proceeding. The official proceeding is not really defined. It's really whatever the government decides it is. So in this case, it's the course of commerce. An official proceeding, the course of commerce, and that would be a state that be a federal issue because of the interstate commerce clause. I can do this all day. I can sit here and I can expand government power and expand the law and give prosecutors more power to just put people away for political speech. I'm happy to do it. Happy to do it. If you are protesting in a business district and people can't get to a store, even if you're peaceful, I'm going to argue that you've disrupted an official proceeding, the official proceeding being commerce. And under the Interstate Commerce Act, you've now committed a federal offense. It's now federal. And uh, I'm charging you under 1512 of this Enron reform law. And I'm going to lock you up because you disrupted people trying to go about their business and go shopping. All these people right now who are uh, shutting down 676 in the Schuylkill, that whole area. Uh, what if somebody's going to church tonight? Uh, a, a church is an official proceeding. It's a religious proceeding, but it's an official proceeding nonetheless. What if somebody has to go to, to uh, well, they have a motor vehicle appointment and now you've made them miss their motor vehicle appointment. That's an official proceeding. The law doesn't say, the, the statute doesn't say it's an official proceeding of Congress. In fact, that was not the intent of Congress. They just said an official proceeding. If you actually read what they intended, it would be the proceeding being an investigation by the government. You can't disrupt that. But now we're expanding it. So now it's a proceeding, which is a meeting. 
It's a it's a formal course of business. I say, let's keep defining this until we lock up every single pain in the ass protester in America. Everyone who blocks traffic, everyone who blocks uh, a, a store, every a, a, anyone. I don't care. Lock them up and charge them with a federal crime. Let's do what the left does and expand government power and take a law that was never written for that intent and punish our enemies just like they do. And then let our friends off. So if you disrupt an official proceeding, it's cool. We're not going to get mad at you. We'll just put away the ones that we like. I mean, it's, it's like you don't even recognize America anymore when stuff like this happens, right? Obviously, everything I'm saying right now, I don't really believe because I don't, that's not how I am. But this is, that's, that's what the left thinks, right? Let me reach into a statute and then pull my hand out of the hat and say, aha, I can use this against you to lock you up for something you've done because you affected the, the outcome of a proceeding. What's a proceeding? Whatever I want it to be. It's whatever I define it to be. But the statute doesn't say a congressional proceeding. It's a proceeding, an official proceeding. So I'm going to argue that tonight, uh, the Rotary Club, which I made you late for, the Rotary Club meeting is an official proceeding with a, with a Robert's Rules of Order, and they have an agenda, and the president does his thing, and the blah, 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 the governor, whatever, and they, they do their whole thing. I'm not a Rotarian, but, you know. And no, I'm not joining. I'm just saying I, I'm happy to come to the meetings and that sort of thing, but it's an, it's an official proceeding. So if, I, if I've disrupted that because now, say, the, the head of the uh, Wilkes Bar Rotary can't make it tonight because I shut down a road, have I not committed a federal offense? Hell yeah, I have. Let's do this, baby. Let's punish these people. Let's give them a taste of their own medicine for once. But of course, it'll never happen. As long as you're on the right side of the issue, you're fine. Uh, 855-839-1210, if you want to weigh in... Um, you can, you can join me. No, I'm not against protest, jackass. I'm against the government. Yeah, this guy times yours. This guy might be the biggest idiot. Does anybody, how anybody can interpret what I just said as being against protest is beyond me. Uh, I'm against the government applying laws to punish protesters uh, by using laws that were not intended for that reason, which is what they're doing to Donald Trump and all the January 6th protesters. And no, you don't have a right to shut down traffic any more than you have a right to be in the Capitol building on January 6th, right? Right? I mean, oh, it's okay to shut down traffic, but not to walk into the Capitol building. That's, that's bad. That's, that's wrong. But shutting down traffic on a highway, a public road, which is meant for public use, that's okay. You, that, that you'll defend. But guy walks in the Capitol on January 6th, send him to federal prison and don't even give him access to an attorney. Right. The, um, there's, there's, you see, the thing about the people on the left is the one thing that is consistent with all these people is their inconsistency. They will scream, they will scream from the heavens about January 6th and want every single person there that day to be locked up forever as they defend the rights of protesters to shut down a highway and disrupt everybody's commute. That's just the way they are. And you, you can't, you can't rationalize with these people. And they'll defend the government using a law that was not intended for the purpose that, of which that law was passed to punish the people from January 6th and to lock them up in federal prison. And at the very same time, they'll say they're on the side of uh, freedom as they give the government more power and prosecutors more power to go after people. Biggest absolute hypocrisy here. 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli. Uh, by the way, we talked about sports before. 
and how these teams are moving out of cities. This is another good point. Think about this. We didn't talk about this before, Henry, but you're coming in for a Sixers game into Center City. You got this crap going on. No thanks. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, that's a good point. No thank and who's you. Who's to say they won't just do it right out in front of the stadium after the game lets out? Right, and yeah. then nobody can get home. Sounds like a lot of fun. Best three-hour car ride ever. Ever. Imagine Here was uh, Governor Glenn Youngkin of Virginia. What's that, Matt? I said, imagine that after a loss. Ooh. You're in a sour mood to begin with. <laughs> Another Game 7 loss in the <laughs> second round? Yeah, that that would be a, that'd be a clash. That's what the Sixers are known for. And then not only that, but too, but there's not even a lot of side streets to filter out the traffic. Like At least in South Philly, you can kind of just drive over people's lawns and stuff. <laughs> the only thing you have to Do worry about is the Mary on the Half Shell. <laughs> Wait, what? The Mary on the Half Shell. What's that? Oh, when you know, you know. Come on. I have no idea. My All right. You know, somebody on Henry, Twitter will send a picture. I, I don't know. Yeah. Somebody will send a picture of Mary on the half shell. Mary on the half shell. It's an it's Italian thing. Yeah. People have them in their front yard. I'm, I'm not going to give it away. Uh, here is Governor Glenn Youngkin reacting to sports teams moving to Virginia from D.C. He joined Laura Ingram last night. Take a listen. Well, Laura, first of all, thanks for having me. And it's been an exciting day in Virginia. You know, this announcement that we are going to form a public-private partnership like none in America, where Monumental Sports and the city of Alexandria and, of course, the Commonwealth of Virginia are going to bring together all of our capabilities to develop a $2 billion sports and entertainment district that will be the home to two great teams, the Washington Wizards and the Washington Capitals. We're also going to see the Monumental headquarters move to Virginia with 600 jobs. We're going to develop a 6,000 seat concert venue, uh, a, a convention center, hotels, mixed use restaurants, and of course, housing and community space. So it's very exciting. It also is going to generate $12 billion of economic impact over the next several decades and 30,000 jobs. And it will yeah. be, I think, the most creative financing structure because of the fact that we're not putting up an upfront, upfront payment. I told Virginia taxpayers I'd do a good deal for Virginia, and I think we've negotiated a chance for all all three partners to win together where we in fact will generate substantial tax revenues over time and use those tax revenues to finance this two billion dollar project along with a 400 million dollar investment for monumental sports there you go uh 855-839-1210 yeah this guy tim yours is a moron Marching on a road versus assaulting cops and storming the capital to end democracy are the same thing did i say anything about assaulting cops Nope, I did not. Storming the Capitol. Define storming out of curiosity. What if you just walk in the building? Is that storming it? To end democracy. These people are amazing, aren't they? They really are amazing. They're fine with the government abusing power and sending protesters to federal prison as long as those protesters are on the uh, other side of the issue. Then they're fine with it. They become the... That's why you don't see many people on the left who are civil libertarians in defense of any of the January 6th protesters. I'm not talking about people that committed violence or hurt police officers. I'm not talking about those people, obviously. Uh, but all the other people, the hundreds of others who've been charged with crimes. You don't have civil libertarians coming out for them. It's like you don't have civil libertarians coming out and defending Donald Trump and saying, you're, you're charging a man for using his First Amendment rights to criticize uh, the election and call, call on Congress to do something different, which every American has a right to do, to call on Congress, the legislature to take an action. And you're going you're gonna to send them to prison. You're okay with the standard that that sets for the Constitution and the First Amendment. But there's no consistency with these people. None, none whatsoever. None, none whatsoever. Uh, Martha's in South Jersey. Hello, Martha. 
Hi, how are you? Great, how are you? Fine, thanks. Thanks for taking my call. My comment was about this road closure. And yes, you do have a right to protest, but not any time, any place. And I don't understand why they can't get them for something like lack of permit. You need to shut down the road for a parade. You need a permit. A marathon, you need a permit. Alex's lemonade stand needs a permit, and they shut that down without a permit. Why can't they get them for something like that? It's a it's a great point you make, right? I mean, it's a it's an excellent point. Uh, the difference is because in the city of Philadelphia, as long as you're protesting for a cause that Jim Kenny likes, you'll be fine. Right? If That's you're it. standing silently in front of an abortion clinic, you can't do that, even though you're not stopping someone to go in. Correct. That's right. Okay. You are, uh, I'm clear if, on it now. Thank you. <laughs> thank you, Martha. Appreciate it. 855-839-1210. Bo is in Levittown. Bo, what's up, buddy? Hey, Rich. How do these protesters think they're going to win me over by blocking 676 if I have to get to my Sixers game or Flyers game or go to a nice restaurant in the city? You know what, Jim Kenny? I won't be going to the city anytime soon. Because you don't enforce the laws, you have a double standard, because my issue's not on the right side. But you know what, Jim, you're not getting my my money. You know what, more businesses will leave, blah, blah, will leave, Target will leave, Macy's will eventually leave, there'll be no tax base, and it'll become just a dire, dire situation. And these Democrats, they just don't understand it. They don't understand it. And your point about about the Capitol, all these people that have not had due process, why more people aren't speaking up about it, I, I don't understand it. It's very disheartening to me. That woman that you had on earlier who was talking about what happens in China, it's what's happening now. I just saw that GM wants to put breathalyzers in cars and and all that kind of good stuff. I mean, they just want to control everything that we do. Hey, Bo, you know what? You called Rich too many times this week on the phone. You're using too many minutes. You know what? You can't even do that anymore. They're going to cut us off there. You know what, Bo? You had too many steaks this week. In fact, you shouldn't be eating any steak. You know what? You're overweight by three It's bad for the planet, Bo. Come on. You're killing, you're killing the climate. Bo, thanks, buddy. I appreciate it. Your points are excellent as always. And have a great night. Thank, Thank you. you. Uh, yeah, and you know, the, the point, too, of... You're not winning hearts and minds. You block my commute. You shut down my road. You've made it more difficult for me to get home and see my family. Trust me when I tell you, you are not winning me over to your cause. I'm now on the opposite side of whatever you stand for. I hate you, and I'm on the opposite side of your cause. You've lost me. There's no chance of you converting me. None whatsoever. I just hate you. Uh, Joe is an ambler. Hello, Joe. Hey, yeah, Rich. Uh, I think that uh, you're really overdoing it, man. On the, uh, you know, uh, you know, the whole January sixth. You know, why don't you just wait until you know uh, Pence comes out and says that you know Trump wanted him not even to show up. That that cannot count the not even show up. You see what I mean? And then what what's the Secretary of State gonna say? You know what I mean? Are they just all going to fall in my, I mean, all these people, you know, you're turning into a big, uh, you know, the Kraken or something like that, man. Really? It's crazy. The Kraken from um, Clash of the Titans? I don't know. Yeah, the Kraken, like, you know, movie, oh, the, the big deal, the big deal, the big deal, the big deal, the, and then it turns the out to be nothing. Womp, the, womp, uh, womp. Clash of the Titans movie, but the first one was really good. I should probably rewatch that. But I'm not a big fan of remakes, are you? No, no, and that's nah. what your show sounds like. Every day it's the same old, same old. We've seen it for the last three years. 
Yeah, well, thank you for listening. I appreciate that. You, you would know <laughs> since you listened, so thank you. All right, Joe, your comments are uh, ludicrous, so I'm not going to address any of them other than you uh, brought up Clash not of even, Titans. Not even the Pence? No, because what? it's such a silly point. He told Pence not to show up. Okay, so what? Uh, you don't think that that's and then the preponderance of evidence that he didn't want him to show up? Okay, but Pence showed up. I, I don't understand. But did he, did he hot? Wait, 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 wait. Did he tie Mike Pence up? Did he? Did he lock him in the White House or? Like, did uh, he do any those what do you call the gallows outside of the Capitol building? Did, and then did hollering. Trump try to hang Mike Pence? I missed that. Did he try to? Hang that's him? the. That's called a preponderance of preponderance evidence. Preponderance of evidence. You didn't the know president that. President was going to hang his vice president. And then what would have happened? Out of curiosity, if the vice president was hanged. Or hung. Well, again, if he was hung or not hung, the question hang. is, is he, did he try to get him out hung, but if he was hanged, from doing his duty? If he was hanged, what would have happened? And then what? What would have, You don't think they would have, uh, at that point, what? Are Trump going to stay really president forever Trump. if they killed the then vice president? Then they would really have theory? Trump. Really, I'm, asking, I'm actually asking you like a legitimate question. If they killed that the if, vice president that day, do you think that makes Trump president? Uh, is that what he wanted? I, I, no, answer my question, yes it. or no. If they had murdered Mike Pence that day on January 6th, would Trump be president right now, yes or no? Possibly, yes. How? Explain it. Who else would be president? They would have stopped the they would How have does killing the due, Mike Pence they make Donald the due Trump process, president? Correct? They how would does have stopped killing, the due process, right? How they would have killing, accomplished their how goal. Does killing Mike they would have Pence, put the electoral votes off for two to three weeks, okay. which would have given them time to do what? Take over. That's what this is all about. Where have you uh -huh. been? By Are killing you like, Mike Pence, you by killing Mike Pence, that makes Trump president. Uh, it would it would stop right, the electoral uh, Joe, vote. I'm done. Joe, Joe, I that's gave you a chance. Quit, I gave you a chance. Thank you. All right, Joe. Thank you. All right. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's not that's not what would happen. By the way, that's just not how it would work. But listen, we live in a fantasy world. I like fantasy worlds. They're fun. Uh, Anthony's in New Jersey. Hello, Anthony. How are you? Hey, Rich. How's it going? Good. How you doing? Good. You know, you were going through the, the, the legal standing, you know, the, the issue what they're charging Trump with is destroying documents or impeding official, you know, uh, you know, proceedings. Was there was there not any truth to the fact that the January 6th committee had, you know, misplaced, quote unquote, or accidentally destroyed some documents in that investigation? Yes. Or was I imagining that? Correct. No, you're absolutely correct on that point. Video documents, all kinds of things. Correct. So are we about to put that whole committee on trial for 20 years? Why not? They obstructed an official proceeding. Correct. Correct. I mean, so, I, I, when you try to explain this to, you know, your left of center friends or those who are clearly on the left, they just keep saying, there's no evidence. There's no evidence. And you're like, well, no, it's, it's right there. And it's just the evidence that they don't agree with that we seem to be running up against. And, and I don't know how to combat it anymore. Yeah, it's just sometimes you just got to give up. I mean, uh, the, the, the argument anyway, because you're just wasting your time and your breath. It's you know? not very jersey of me. <laughs> Thank you, Anthony. Appreciate it, buddy. Let me go to uh, Greg in Chestnut Hill. Greg, go ahead, pal. Hey, Rich. How you doing? Hey, I, was, I was just coming out of Cape May, and I was on 76 West. The police actually did a very good job of getting them off, not allowing them to get them off 76 West itself, and they were all going off the off-ramps. They, they controlled it pretty nicely. So they, they did do a nice job. But as you're going underneath, you could see the protesters walking. And it, it's, it's ironic because these protesters would be thrown off the bridges if they were in Gaza. These, the, the Gaza, the Palestinians, would have hung these people and thrown them over with all their stupid signs that are, that are, that are 
for the Gazans. Imagine if it was flipped the other way, they would all be dead. So it doesn't it doesn't make any sense. They're on they're on the right side of the democratic argument. So nothing is going to happen for them. Everybody knows that nothing happened in the riots up and down South Philadelphia in the Northeast and Aramingo and Fishtown in there for the Black Lives Matter riots when they were looting. Nothing happens. Remember, it was February. Was it February fourth of twenty one when they started to burn down the St. John's Church? That's right beside the the White House. Have you ever even heard anything about that? How about the that Black Panthers so- intimidating voters in Philadelphia? Would that not be disrupting yeah. an official proceeding? Everything's just, but it's not their side. It, 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 it's it's insane. It's and we should know. We shouldn't even get riled up over it because you know if you're not on the Democratic side or the Progressive side, it's not going to matter. And somebody brought up Jim Kenny. I didn't even know he was our mayor. I thought he yeah. I thought he disappeared. Greg, I got to run, buddy. Thank you for the call. I appreciate it. I'm, I'm way Thanks. over here, but thank you, Greg, as always, for the call. 855-839-1210 on Twitter, at Rich Zioli. All right, listen, Cherry Hill Volvo, if you are trying to get around protesters tonight and you're in a Volvo, at least you'll be comfy and uh, you'll have wonderful technology and a very, very, very relaxing car to be in as you're frustrated by protesters shutting down a road. Really, Cherry Hill Volvo on Route 70 in Cherry Hill is the absolute best place to go. And right now, they have even more more generous incentives for you as they are getting ready to renovate the dealership and they are doubling down on aggressive pricing with a thousand dollars off on all new volvos plus owner loyalty two thousand dollars off when you use volvo financing or volvo lease and seventy five hundred dollar rebate on a volvo plug-in it's fantastic and they're great people there they stand with us they are the studio sponsor of the cherry hill volvo studios it's where we broadcast from live every day on talk radio 1210 wphd so what are you waiting for go and stand with the people who stand with us they are the region's most accessible volvo dealership uh right over the bridge on route 17 cherry hill and wow what a great time to get a volvo an extra thousand dollars off on new volvos plus owner loyalty an extra two thousand dollars off when you use volvo finance or uh volvo leasing and $7,500 on a Volvo plug-in rebate. It's great. Come on, it's great. Great time to go. Stand with Judith Krupnik, stand with Yosef Cohen, stand with the people that stand for us and support them because they go above and beyond for you and giving you the luxury experience that you deserve. All right? Cherry Hill Volvo, where relationships matter. The Zioli Show, on your schedule. From Talk Radio 1210 WPHT in the free Odyssey app. You know, Matt DeSantis, I blame you for that. That entire segment there. I, did I tell you to start answering phones? What happened? <laughs> Sorry, I usually just ignore them, but uh, there were so many coming in that I, I couldn't. <laughs> I can't make up my mind. One day I yell at him for not answering the phones, and the next day I'm yelling at him for answering the phones. <laughs> you don't have an easy job. It's very rough. And also, a lot of the times, uh, you know, we'll have callers, but you don't, you don't take calls. You, you, we go weeks without taking calls. It's hard to read sometimes. <laughs> it's very confusing to follow my emotions. I think there was a stretch uh, maybe a month or so ago where we may have taken one call in the course of a three-week span. Yeah. Well, I think I have to take five a month or something, so I think we just knocked them out, <laughs> banged them out. Well, we just took like five or six, so I think we're good for the rest of the Joe's year. call counted as like six calls. <laughs> it was aggravating. Joe's call about uh, hanging Mike Pence, that counted for six calls. All right, good well, till February 1st. Yeah, uh, see you in 2024. Thank you, Joe. Appreciate it. Hanged or hung? Hanged, right? You hang, you, yeah, you're hanged, hanged. You know, 
And I'm hung. Uh, okay. Uh, what? Ugh. You know what you did. <laughs> <laughs> hey, speaking of people who are jackasses, who, who do things just for the sake of shock value. So the lesser Cuomo, Chris Cuomo, had on this woman, right, who's uh, suffering from Tourette's syndrome. And he is getting blasted here for this because for two reasons. Number one, not everybody with Tourette's acts like this. And number two, it's just so obvious that the lesser is trying to, to get a viral moment here. And I hate to even play this to give him the credit, but I'm only doing so because I just think he needs to be called out for this. I mean, this is such a blatant move by him, isn't it, to just get attention? Don't you think? Oh, sorry. Was I sorry? I, I was. I haven't seen the the clip in its entirety. I've only heard the audio of it. But yeah, I mean, there's yeah. a good shot because she's really uh, famous on TikTok. This girl. Yeah, Balin Dupree. She has nine million followers on TikTok. Sorry, mm-hmm. I missed what you said. I was going through it to make sure I got all the bleeps in there because there's a lot of bleeps. Yeah, so well, let's listen to the exchange, and then you can decide if the lesser Cuomo was just doing this to get attention for himself. Uh, and in which case, then he, you know, he's just been a mindless jackass, or uh, or or was it an entertaining segment? Cut fourteen. Had to be kicked out of school for attention seeking because they rip up they rip up their homework or do things like that. I've had parents reach out to me asking me, "Oh, my son's coming home with a girlfriend, and his girlfriend has Tourette syndrome." <laughs> so. And then I also get very evil people that would comment and say, like, go f*** yourself, Chris, little baby, blam up your butter your own biscuit, fat ass, that have told me that my parents deserved. There's a little so, bit. So, yeah, I, I mean, I, this is clearly a way for the lesser to just try to get attention, right? Yeah, I mean, he's giggling throughout this Giggle. entire interview, too, which is sort of unprofessional. Now, she laughs at the end over, over some of the things that she says. Um, but also, if you're going to have her on, it's probably best not to, like, giggle in her face. It was yeah. a little bit rude. F off, F off, F off, F off, uh, F you, Chris. I agree with her. <laughs> I mean, that's more yeah. or less what her TikToks are, though. It's, it's a lot of Q&A, and then she answers, she'll do her tics, and that's kind of what you know makes it funny. Yeah. He also I, I, started the segment by saying that originally he thought that she was faking, and that's part of the reason why he had her on, because his kids explained to him that she wasn't putting on a show and it wasn't a gimmick to get uh, attention and that she actually did have a neurological disorder. So it was almost – it seemed as though it was almost like a make good for maybe past comments that he had made about her. What about the time that Delester Cuomo had his roid rage, remember? Was that Tourette's? <laughs> no, when he went after that guy and threatened to kick his ass and he knew karate and everything like that. Remember that? Is that when he was called Fredo? Yep. And the guy called him Fredo. When Rush Limbaugh used to call him Fredo and he would call him Fredo Corleone. I was calling him the lesser, but of course, obviously Rush is, at the time had, I mean, you know, God, God uh, rest his soul. He had a, a massive audience. So Fredo caught on and the guy called him Fredo at a restaurant and Cuomo lost his mind. Remember that? He had a roid rage. Don Lemon, his buddy said that he had a roid rage. Because he juices, allegedly. That's the alleged rumor. He is pretty so. Juices for karate? But he listens, I got to be careful because he listens to the show. It's why he said that one day, you say I'm somehow less than. You remember that? He said it a couple times, didn't he? Yeah. I'm in his head. I live rent-free in the lesser Cuomo's head. We have to get him on the show. Get him on. That's great content. Let's do it. Like he probably would do it. Should I reach out to him? Sure. 
Oh, I'd Why just, not? Uh, this, this would be a huge interview, maybe the biggest in the history of the show. Just not in terms of like quality of guest, obviously. We've had better. Uh, no offense, Chris, if you're listening. Um, but in terms of the showdown between Rich and Chris Cuomo. Stream it, too. Oh, Would yeah. the lesser do it is the question. Oh, yeah. I think he might. Well, you know, we'll put it out to, we'll invite him in as uh, the love gov. <laughs> Andrews, there's there's no way Andrews coming on the show. <laughs> Whoever accepts. See, I'm not so sure about that. I think, I think the love gov would come on. I think Cuomo, Andrew Cuomo wants to run for president someday. He knows he'd have to go through Pennsylvania. I'm not so sure he wouldn't. He's got, sitting on a lot of uh, campaign cash, if I remember yeah. correctly. Yeah, he's got he's nothing to like do all day. Yeah, million bucks, yeah. Nothing to do all day. He said time on his side, time on his hands, you know? Well, Chris, And whichever Cuomo gets back to me, I will then uh, have on the show, and whoever the Cuomo is that doesn't get back to me will hereby become the lesser Cuomo. <laughs> so this is a chance now for Chris to uh, make his brother the lesser. You're just baiting him at this point. Should I phrase it that way in the email <laughs> I send? Or? Yeah, we're going to do a Zioli show lesser contest, and here's how this works. The invitation's out to both Cuomos, Whichever Cuomo accepts the invitation first will hereby be the greater Cuomo. And the other one will be the lesser henceforth. So, Chris, this is your chance to be lesser no more. <laughs> this is your moment. Bragging rights. Bragging rights, exactly and right. And right before Christmas. I mean, that's, that's something cool he could bring up at the family table. Yeah, they argue about Ma's meatballs and who Ma says makes better meatballs. Be perfect, right? Uh, let me play this clip for you. This is uh, CNN's Phil Mattingly. Uh, that's the former network home of the Lester Cuomo. CNN's Phil Mattingly versus Biden spokesman Ian Sams. Uh, this is uh, an interesting exchange here as regarding Hunter Biden and his father and the business dealings and all of this. Uh, Biden spokesman Ian Sams, cut three. In the statement that Hunter Biden made uh Yesterday, he said, let me say it as clearly as I can. My father was not financially involved in my business. He was unequivocal about that. But that is an evolution of where the president had been during the campaign, where the White House had been at the start of the administration. Not involved financially in the business is very different than never talked about the business, not been involved in the business at all. Was that an intentional point of clarity, do you think? I actually dispute the whole premise of that question. It's, Why? It's one of Jim Jordan's favorite little shiny objects is to try to take a semantic thing and make an argument that is that is somehow far afield from what they're actually focused on. We've been extremely clear over and over again for years, and nothing has changed. The president was not in business with his son, period. They're trying to make up all sorts of allegations Ian, and make with, up lies. With respect, I'm not citing Jim Jordan here. I was in un- some of the White House yes, press briefings where it was said explicitly the president did not talk to his son about business dealing. That, that is very clearly not the case, and I think the statement from the White House has changed uh, and I think been a little bit more precise over the course of the last several months. is what the president said on the campaign trail as well. I'm not saying this is like an impeachable offense or uh, some grand uh, indictment, but it is a fact that the president said one thing that ended up being not true. Again, I dispute that that's, that that's true. I, that is not true. The truth is that he wasn't in business with his son. The Republicans have been for years trying to make arguments. And that's, nobody said he was in business with his son. We said he used his office to help his son's business. You don't have to be in business with somebody to help their business. You know that. I mean, this is the semantics game again that they're playing. It's the, the freaking semantics. We know he wasn't in business with him. He wasn't incorporated with him. He wasn't on the LLC documents. We're not saying that. What everybody is saying is that Joe Biden used his office to benefit his son. You don't have to be in business with somebody to help somebody's business. 
There are lots of people who aren't in business with somebody who help grow somebody's business. They sometimes get a referral fee for it. They sometimes get a nice uh, gift box of Omaha steaks for it. Nobody's suggesting that he was part of the, the, the corporation, whatever Fugazi phony corporation that Hunter Biden had, Seneca, Rosemont, Rosemont Seneca Partners, or anything like that. And we're not suggesting that Joe Biden was on the letterhead. That's the whole point. They were doing this behind the scenes. He was pretending like he wasn't helping his son's business when he clearly was. That's the entire thing. All right, 855-839-1210 if you want to weigh in. On Twitter, at Rich Zioli. Tomorrow will be live at the Grand Hotel of Cape May, New Jersey, my happy place. I want to see you there. It's going to be a lot of fun. Great night. Don't miss it. The bar will be open. Your fellow Zioli Army members will be there. Maybe we'll get a Cuomo on the show. You never know. Matt DeSantis is already reaching out to the Cuomo brothers as we speak. We may have a Cuomo on the show tomorrow, live from the Grand Hotel of Cape May. Just saying, it could happen. It could happen. Emmons Roofing and Siding, my great friends over at Emmons, would love to help you with your home. All of your home's needs, from roofing, siding, windows and doors, and kitchen and bathroom remodelings. Emmons is first rate. Simply nobody better. Matt and his wife, Stephanie, pride themselves on giving you the absolute best service possible. And that's why I've used Emmons for over six years. The roof... If you have a house at the Jersey Shore, for example, you really want to make sure that that roof gets inspected. Because if not, what could happen is that the winter could make whatever little minor roof repairs you have, roof uh, needs, worse, much worse. By the time the warm weather hits, it's a disaster. So reach out to Emmons today for a free roof inspection. They're never going to tell you you need a new roof if you don't. But if you do, you'll have a lifetime warranty on that roof. They'll do a great job for you. And you will be very, very happy with the work that they do. Just go to emmonsroofing.com or emmonsremodeling.com and see their great kitchen and bathroom remodeling projects. They even have a showroom in Cherry Hill, New Jersey for you to see. They serve Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Delaware, and yes, the Jersey Shore. So don't wait. Reach out to them today. emmonsroofing.com, the company that I trust. emmonsroofing.com. WOGL HD3 Philadelphia from the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios where relationships matter always live on the free Odyssey app the revolution will be broadcast yes. this, this is, the, is the next generation of talk now on talk radio 1210 WPHT Rich Zioli so will the president make the beast electric? That is the presidential limousine. Will it become electric? That's the question that Corrine Jean-Pierre was asked today. And she got into an exchange with a reporter uh, who brought up Biden's own words about defying congressional subpoenas after Hunter Biden did exactly that. Welcome back to the show. Glad you're here today. 855-839-1210. On Twitter, at Rich Zioli, our fourth and final hour on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. Coming up a little bit later, we're going to talk about the situation on college campuses. How do we get here? Chris Trevallier from the Washington Examiner will join me. Uh, and um, the latest climate scam that's happening right now, uh, some unearthed audio of uh, King Charles talking about what uh, he'd like to see the WEF do, the World Economic Forum, when it comes to the climate. So we'll get into that as well. But let's begin, though, with... Um, you know, let's talk about electric vehicles. The presidential limousine... And remember, the magic steering wheel theory, which was put forward by uh, Cassidy Hutchinson, or Hutchins, I forget. Anyway, Cassidy came out and said that the president tried to grab the steering wheel of the beast and maneuver to the Capitol building. Uh, The Secret Service stopped him. 
So I've dubbed that the magic steering wheel theory as a little nod to Arlen Specter with the magic bullet theory, both of which are complete and utter BS. They never happened. There was no magic bullet and there's no steering wheel theory. But I digress. The point is that um, that presidential limo is uh, gas powered. And it's gas powered for a reason, and that is that if there's a presidential, uh, there's an attempt on the president's life, the Secret Service needs to be able to get the hell out of there. Or uh, if they have to hunker down, they need to keep the car running for lots of different reasons. So you're not going to worry about a battery. It's why we're not going to have battery tanks anytime soon. These are things that need to be used a certain way for a reason. And a gas powered engine is the only way you're going to be able to use them. And of course, she doesn't, she doesn't deny that when she's asked a question. She just dodges the question completely. So here's the White House fembot. Take a listen. I'm wondering if the president is thinking about putting, making the beast electric. So that's uh, certainly a question for G- GSA and service, uh, uh, Secret Service, obviously. But uh, we are committed uh, to boosting public and private access to electric vehicles. And today's announcement would save taxpayer dollars and help tackle uh, the climate crisis. Uh, but as it relates to the beast, that's something for GSA and Secret so Service. Do members would take the train? Uh, that, again, I would, I would refer you to GSA and, uh, and also the Secret Service as it relates to the beast and any other questions. Why? president can put an executive order making the beast uh gas powered why was it i mean electric why does he have to go through secret service or gsa why it's his car it's it it's his, it's his freaking car it's, i only want to drive in green vehicles i want to drive in battery powered oh because the secret service would never go for that <laughs> this is a stupid idea uh green job here will not say if biden would consider postponing any potential vacations over christmas why would he? His whole life is a friggin' vacation. His whole life is like fantasy camp. It's like Kramer. Cut two. Would the president consider postponing any Christmas vacation plans of his own? If well, no deal we're, we're hoping that a deal is done. I can't talk about changes in the president's schedule. We still have a week left, right, before that happens. We know that the conversation is going well, right? It's going in the right direction, we believe. We're encouraged by that. Uh, the president's team was uh, was on the Hill yesterday and also today, and I'm sorry, also Tuesday. And so that's encouraging. That's encouraging. And that's what we're going to focus on. I just don't have anything, we don't have anything to share on his the president's schedule. He's going to go, as you know, to Milwaukee on uh, on Wednesday, and on Tuesday he's going to go to uh, the National Cathedral to, uh, to uh, give, um, give some words on behalf of Sandra Day O'Connor. Mm-hmm. In other words, uh, you know, the president's still going to go on vacation. He's kind of checked out of the job. Uh, and then lastly, the president uh, rambled on today about uh, drug prices. Take a listen. Taxpayers already are chipping in, making paying a lot of money for that here at NIH to get these brilliant scientists to go out and find cures, find a- a- answers to drug problems, to, to drugs, for with the use of drugs for health problems. Are you on drugs, Mr. President? That's a question that I have. What drugs are you on? Here's, uh, Matt, do you have that exchange of the reporter and Karine Jean-Pierre about Biden's own words about locking up people who defy congressional subpoenas? Yep, here it is. Take a listen. Um, okay, and um, you, are, you asked um, what the president, um, what his stance was on people who defy congressional subpoenas. Um, in 2021, he was asked that question specifically and said that he believed the Justice Department um, should prosecute them. Is, is that his, still his position? For people I don't have defy? anything to add to what you have, what you just quoted me from the president. I just don't have anything to add. I have, I, have, I, have nothing, I, have no, I have nothing to add. He's allowed to say when Republicans defy Congress, they'll go to prison. But when Democrats do it, it's perfectly fine. Don't worry about it. Just a double standard, but just ignore that. Don't, don't sweat it. Don't worry about that. Uh, here is uh, the evening news last night. 
echoing and doing what the corporate media does. It's a little education for you. Listen to all of them breathlessly point out that there's no evidence against Joe Biden. None of them in the media are interested in actually tracking the evidence down, doing their job as journalists, trying to take a playbook from Woodward and Bernstein and actually follow the case wherever it goes. They're just doing what they normally do, put out the White House talking points, do their thing, take a listen. Good evening, and it's great to have you with us here on a very busy Wednesday night. We do begin tonight with the breaking news from Capitol Hill. Just a short time ago, House Republicans voting to formalize the impeachment inquiry into President Biden, despite providing no evidence of high crimes or misdemeanors. They no say evidence. they need the inquiry to find the evidence. Tonight, President Biden's reaction just in here, and it comes just hours after the stunning moment today. The president's son, Hunter Biden, before the cameras, acknowledging personal failures, but saying the House's year-long investigation of him is, quote, all to embarrass and damage his father. Our chief White House correspondent, Barry Bruce, leading us off tonight. Tonight, House Republicans voting unanimously to formalize the impeachment inquiry into President Biden. The move coming just hours after the president's son made a surprise appearance on Capitol Hill. For six years, I have been the target of the unrelenting Trump attack machine shouting, where's Hunter? Well, here's my answer. I am here. For years, Republicans have tried to tie President Biden to his son's business dealings, but have found no concrete evidence of wrongdoing. No evidence. Hunter Biden already yeah. indicted for failing to pay taxes he has since repaid, today insisting his father did nothing wrong. In the depths of my addiction, I was extremely irresponsible with my finances. But to suggest that is grounds for an impeachment inquiry is beyond the absurd. It's shameless. There's no evidence to support the allegations that my father was financially involved in my business because it did not happen. House Republicans had subpoenaed him to testify today behind closed doors. But Hunter Biden says if they want to hear from him, it should be in public. They ridiculed my struggle with addiction. They belittled my recovery. And they have tried to dehumanize me, all to embarrass and damage my father who has devoted his entire public life to service. Tonight, the chair of the Republican Judiciary Committee, Jim Jordan, says they will hold Hunter Biden in contempt for defying their subpoena. Anyway, this, you get the though, point. Jordan it's just himself. more of the same of no evidence, no concrete evidence, no evidence. And the media has no interest in trying to track that down. Here is the uh, president of the Illinois NAACP. Her name is Teresa Haley. And she's talking about the illegal immigration problem. And she's actually now, uh, there's calls for her to resign after she called migrants savages, rapists, and burglars. Uh, Here she is now. Her name, uh, like I said, Teresa Haley, cut 15. They average 10 to 15,000 a day. So they're up to about 80,000 immigrants on the west side of Chicago and the south side where they're dumping them off in parks, um, abandoned schools, and finding every apartment that they can find to put them in. People are even renting out abandoned buildings. And allowing them to live up in there, that's inhumane because they don't have the sewage, the plumbing, the draining, but to get them off the streets, they're just housing them everywhere. And you have homeless folks who they didn't offer to put anywhere or provide a meal to. But once you agree to take that funding, that federal funding, they're bringing them to you. So Springfield, Peoria, Bloomington, 
Kankakee, the rest of us, just get ready if you declared yourself to be a safe haven or a safe place for immigrants to come because they are shopping around and the busloads are coming and we're seeing families on the street and we're like, oh my God, we're not used to seeing families on the streets. But Black people have been on the streets forever and ever and nobody cares because they say that we're drug addicts. We got mental health issues. But these immigrants have come over here. They've been raping people. They've been breaking into homes. They're like savages as well. They don't speak the language and they look at us like we were crazy because we were the only people in America who were brought over here against our wills and were slaves, sold into slavery. But everybody else who comes over here, we're so kind, we're so friendly. You need some clothes, you need a place to stay. We're gonna make it happen. There you go. So they want her to resign for those comments that she said about migrants. Uh, Well, there, yeah. Uh, Disney. You know, the, um, oh, I'm sorry, I hear something here. Dean Phillips. Oh, Congressman Dean Phillips. Yeah, he's challenging Biden, I guess. Uh, and he says he's unelectable. This is interesting. This is uh, what I think a lot of Democrats are saying right now. He's a congressman. I think a lot of people are saying this. This is from Meet the Press. Now, Meet the Press Sunday or Meet the Press Daily, Matt? Uh, meet the Press Now. Meet the Press Now, it's called. Yeah. So well- if you can't wait till Sunday, if you need your fix, you're like, oh, my God, it's only Thursday. How am I going to make it till Sunday? I'm going to watch Meet the Press. Don't worry. There's Meet the Press now. This is where Chuck Todd still hosts that show, right? Uh, this is they rotate uh, host no. actually. So Kristen Welker, the traditional or Meet the Press host, the Sunday version of the show, she's actually the host in this clip. But yeah, Chuck Todd makes appearances, and they have a couple other people that they rotate in uh, occasionally. All right, here's uh, Congressman Dean Phillips. Take a listen. So let's start right there. Last time you and I spoke, you said that you are not taking on President Biden. You're not running against him. You told me that, and now you're calling him an unelectable threat to democracy. What has changed? Well, that is unelectable. I mean, the data is showing every single poll coming out right now, Kristen, everyone is showing him falling further behind, his approval numbers at historic lows. And I'm trying to generate a wake-up call to Democrats that we have a real problem here. And rather than stifling and suppressing competition, we should be encouraging it. That's why I spent the better part of a year encouraging other candidates to enter the race. The water's warm. We need to practice democracy now. And I want to make something clear. The president is not a threat to democracy, but running and suppressing other candidates is a threat when you are behind in the polls like he is. And frankly, to disenfranchise voters in Florida and North Carolina, which is what has happened in the last two weeks. Uh, Let's go back to a clip of played earlier in the show. I think what he's saying here is what the Democrat Party is is saying now uh, more and more. They got to get Biden out of the race. How do you do it? Well, I think the scenario is Joe Biden feels so bad about what these mean, evil, MAGA Republicans are doing to his son. And they would only be doing this to his son if he were because he's president. If he wasn't president, they would leave Hunter Biden alone. This is just because Republicans hate drug addicts and they hate anybody who's ever dealt with addiction. And so the only way that I as a father can save my son is to pardon him. And I know that if I pardon him, that will be the end of my campaign, but it's okay because I'd rather save my son from the most vitriolic group of MAGA extremist Republicans than have my presidency. Sometimes a father has to put family first, blah, 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 blah. If they're going to pardon Hunter Biden, which is why I think Hunter Biden gave that 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 uh, that that phrase. My father was not financially involved in my business. It's like a code for uh, you were involved, and I'm not going to prison. But if they ever are going to get Biden out of the race, 
It's got, they have to give him an out. And the out will be, I can't sit back and let them do this to my son. And this is the only way I can save my son. I've already lost one son to, to, to cancer. I can't lose another son. I can't do it. So I have to do this. That's the only way. That's the pathway if they're going to take it. I'm not saying they're going to. I'm just saying that if they're going to, that's what they would do. So here's MSNBC kind of proving that point that everybody's now starting to say that this is taking such an emotional toll on the president and cut four. He has made a point to really speak to the personal connection here, of course, between a father and son, saying that he supports Hunter, that he loves him, and that he wants to continue to see him rebuild his life. That's what so much of this is about for the president, of course, because there is a fear among those very close to the president who we've spoken to that if Hunter Biden were to relapse or if anything were to happen, that that would be something that would, of course, take such an emotional toll on the president that would weigh so heavily on him and the first lady, that that's something that's always really in the back of his mind. And so you saw there earlier today, Hunter Biden even saying, thanking his parents for everything they did to support him as he has been on this road to recovery. Yeah, you see, I mean, exactly. They're setting the table for that. I'm not saying they're going to do it. I'm just saying that if they are going to do it, this is this is how it leads up to that. It's just too much. The president can't watch his son. If his son son were to relapse over all the pressure these mean MAGA Republicans were doing to him, if he were to relapse and die, Joe Biden couldn't live with himself. And that's what I said earlier. They'll, 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 They'll create a story that Joe Biden is this selfless, selfless, loving father who gave up the presidency of the United States of America for his own son. They'll write books about it. It's a complete lie narrative, of course. A pardon of Hunter Biden would then shield the president from from any crimes because if there's no crimes against Hunter, then Joe Biden's not involved. And all the other charges, it's past the statute of limitations anyway. So it goes over. But they'll frame it as Joe Biden is just that much of a loving father. He can't risk it. His son could go down the dark road of addiction again. What father would allow that? Sometimes you have to put family first. Not saying they're going to do this, but I am saying to you that if they are, this is how it plays out. And this is why you're hearing more and more stories about the emotional toll that this is taking on the president because of his son. Coming up, college campuses have become cesspools of leftist indoctrination. But when did this really begin? We have the answer for you straight ahead. All right, welcome back to the Zioli Show on your schedule from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT in the free Odyssey app the show glad you're here tonight on a thursday evening you know college campuses we've talked a lot about that recently and they have been oppressive left-wing bullying machines since the 1960s excellent piece in the washington examiner by my friend chris jamalier he's a local guy and he joins me now on talk radio 1210 wphd chris what's going on buddy yeah rich not so much just uh day in day out stuff normal thanks for having me you know, I think I saw you a couple weeks ago on uh, the, the school call. I'm not going to give out your license plate, but is it a vanity plate? It is a vanity I plate. Did. Yeah. I, I, I was behind you, and I thought so. I should no, I, I should have texted you, but of course we don't text and drive, right? So we can never. Yes, do that. absolutely. Right. So that's that's too funny. Yes. So <laughs> I'll give you actually a funny. It used to be a different vanity plate with what my last name means in Italian. The years ago, I had it, and then I like switched dates and whatnot, but. If you could ever uh, figure out what that means, that was the original vanity plate I had. No kidding. Well, I love that. That's great. The the nod to our Italian uh, heritage, right? 
Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> if I could somehow do that, that, uh, that emoji, that, that sign with the two, the fingers that's been popular now because of Tommy DeVito, that would be my ideal license plate. Yeah. Tommy DeVito is all the rage nowadays. Yes, exactly. And I hate the team he plays for, but I do love the fact that at least he's one of us. You know, he's a Paisan, so. I hear you, yeah. Well, how'd you get Tremalier as your last name, then? How does that work? Um, So, it means three wives in Italian. Oh. Um, I I don't have any, so I guess I'm either, like, behind in my my heritage uh, here. But, yeah, I mean, I have no idea how. There was a rumor that I heard a long time ago that I was something to do with when the Moors conquered Sicily and they had polygamy in the lifestyle. So I guess someone long, 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 long time ago had uh, multiple wives in my family. So, Oh my gosh. That's, that's great. Well, three Italian wives means three Italian mothers-in-law. So just keep that. Yeah. Uh, and that's a disgrazia right there. That's a lot of work. You know what I mean? Uh, Chris, you yeah. wrote a great piece in the Washington Examiner yesterday about college campuses. And this is, I'm really glad you did it because I think people have to remember that what we're watching here play out and all these Ivy League campuses, you know, pen right here in our hometown and the vitriol and the anti-Semitism and, and all this, this is the kind of speech they accept nowadays after they've been banning other speech. But the reason why they accept this speech is because it goes right in the mindset of what has been happening on college campuses since the 1960s, which is what? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's basically there. This whole outrage has been going on for, for decades. And it's just kind of like the typical adherence to, you know, these radical left-wing ideology. Um, they have the anti-Semitism that's been going on, that's been in the news, but also other stuff that's just been, you know, promoting like, anti-white rhetoric, um, supporting racial discrimination if you're a non-white person. Um, pretty much everything that encompasses what is known as diversity, equity, inclusion today has been going on since the 60s. I mean, you could actually probably even, there's some evidence that I had in research that I did that actually goes even beyond that. I traced it back originally starting in the 30s, but what became known as the new left um, that started in 1960s, it was like September 1960 on uh, university on the campus of University of California, Berkeley. Um, they had like the, the free speech movement that started there. And what, what kind of got me into this is CNN, CNN's Fareed Zakaria was on the other day and he was basically bemoaning of how um, colleges today have become indoctrination yeah. centers and you're no longer, you know, you know, institutions of higher learning. But what I objected to was like, this has been going on. I mean, has he not, has been going on for a while? Like, you know, has he not set foot on college campus since the sixties? I mean, you can go, there are numerous, numerous incidences and a couple of, I highlighted them in my article which show all the things that have been going on that are kind of in line with what you see today on colleges. Um, and now it's just maybe it's amplified because of social media and the nonstop 24-hour news cycle. But to, to, for him to just all of a sudden now, like what, my question is like, why now? Like what made him speak up now after this has been going on forever? And, 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 and people on the left know this has been going on forever. You know, college presidents, everyone knows this has been going on. Conservative Republicans have been saying this for years, for decades. I mean, that's the reason why you have groups like Turning Point and um, Young Americans Foundation, Young Americans for Liberty, they've all been objecting to this. You know, you go back to, to Buckley, you know, who, who wrote, you know, in all these things. So this isn't any shocking revelation. The only shocking part is that now all of a sudden, 
um, people on the left want to like bemoan it and, and are bringing it up that it, you know, it as some kind of like new uh, thing that happened and it's not true at all. Yeah. The, the, and that's the problem, right? I mean, I, for so much of this, the government has done everything they possibly can to get people into colleges and it's right out of the Karl Marx playbook. You know, you, you just you, you get everybody in a, a thorough and comprehensive public education and then you use it as indoctrination. These college campuses keep raising their prices and there's no shortage of people that want to go there because it's backed by government money. And they say, all right, you know, here's some student loan money. And of course, as we know, you know, Biden's giving up his bribe to people that live in Pennsylvania uh, and all over the country. But in Pennsylvania, something like 80,000 people have already gotten student loan forgiveness, even though the Supreme Court has put a hold on it and said, no, Biden's doing it anyway. So it's not even like people think about the cost of college or what the value is. And no matter what happens, they're, they're always going to find a way to, even if they keep raising tuition, the government's going to say, don't worry about it. We'll just give you more student loans. We'll give you more and more and more. And that's the problem, right? Because now we have corporations that are relying on looking at people's resumes and looking at their degrees. I was pretty happy to see Dave Portnoy come out today, Chris, and he said he's not hiring people from Harvard or Penn or any of these other places. He said, no way. I'm not even going to consider it. Now, I don't think you should just do a blanket ban like that, but at the same time, there are some corporations that won't look at you if you don't have a resume from one of those elite prestigious schools, right? Oh, absolutely. And, and that's kind of also... Too, I mean, in addition to the government backing it and kind of saying like, here, we'll give you unlimited money. Well, not unlimited, but like tens of thousands of dollars to go to college. There's also the societal stigma that said like, you know, through like employment opportunities or just in general that in order to be, you know, a, um, to get certain jobs, you had to have a college degree, even though if you had, if you like were employed in these jobs and did these jobs, you really didn't need anything you learned from college. It was just kind of like a, qualification process that society kind of built that basically like reinforced the importance of going to college. And of course, once you go to college, especially recently for a, a large part of the education, you don't really learn anything that will help you succeed and, um, you know, attain your wealthy jobs. You kind of just learn a lot of this left wing rampant left-wing toxic ideology that is basically brainwashing people into believe a certain things so they will vote a certain way. That's kind of what colleges have become, you know, since the sixties. Uh, and, and it's, you know, it's kind of like this, this thing where like corporations and, you know, Democrats and liberals kind of join forces to funnel people into get college educations. And when they're there, they kind of, you know, get brainwashed and then you come out as, you know, Democrat voters. So, um, then that's they said, but this is nothing new. This has been going on for decades, and it, it, the, the main thing is that people should be saying that this has been going on for decades. Like you know, for Zakaria to come up and all of a sudden feign outrage that this is a new development—that's that, that's nonsense. And um, you know, they have to go there. They learn. You brought up Karl Marx. There's also, and speaking of Italians, a fellow Italian uh, a guy, Antonio Gramsci, who was a big Marxist, who had a lot to do with um, the um, attacking the cultures of countries in Western, um, the West there, because they knew at some point throughout the time, um, the idea that Karl Marx's revolution on an economic um, basis wouldn't work in the West. So Gramsci um, propagated ideas that you need to attack the cultural ideas and destroy that instead. And that's what we see today. And then he was you know, prevalent in the 1930s, so almost 100 years ago. 
So the things that are going on today, you know, were planted many, many decades ago, and they're just kind of like, you know, started blooming in the uh, 60s, and, and here we are today in 2023. And, and we know that, uh, you know, universities in Germany during the Nazi regime, they were all used as indoctrination camps to preach about the master race and uh, the, the virtues of, of Hitler's government. I mean, it's, it's, it, this, is, this has been a thing throughout history, but I'm glad you brought up that, that Italian philosopher. Let me just get your take on this, Chris. I'm going to play for you real quick. Uh, this is what sure. Dave Portnoy said to Stuart Varney on Fox Business. Uh, here, take a listen here from Harvard, UPenn, or MIT until the school's dean stepped down. Has anyone from these schools applied to work with you? Yeah, well, after I, first of all, we already have Harvard grads, so they're, they're grandfathered in. But uh, in the Penn dean, President McGill, she stepped down. Uh, yeah, a lot of people reached out. But, I, you know, I think it's not only me. I think a lot of leaders have to do it. It was disgusting what those uh, deans and presidents did under oath. Uh, makes no sense to me. I don't know how, if you can't condemn genocide, I don't care whether we're talking Jews, Muslims, any group of people, then you don't deserve to be, you know, in a position of power. You got to get out. What about free speech? Does that come into this? Yeah, listen, um, uh, is Hitler allowed to say, I want to kill the Jews, I want to kill the Jews, I want to kill the Jews right up till he kills the Jews? Uh, I, I would say no. That's what they're saying you can do in this country. There's a difference between free, free speech and hate speech. And when you're endangering people and causing harm, I think you've got to put a stop to it. It's called common sense. Okay. We always like now, Chris. Uh, the point about free speech, I think, I think it's really the answer I would have given was these colleges have never been bastions of free speech. They have been the epicenter of cancel culture. You know, you, if you're fat phobic, if you misgender somebody, mispronounce somebody, whatever the hell it is, uh, you're gone. You know, they've canceled speakers, they've canceled comedians, they've canceled lectures, they've fired professors for the things they said. I mean, University of Penn is actually in a lawsuit right now, big court battle with Professor Amy Wax over some comments she's made about um, race and ancestry. They tried to get her canned from the University of Pennsylvania Law School. So you don't get to, if you are in a position where you sense all the time and then you allow certain speech and you get called out for that speech you then can't run around and use the free speech defense because you don't have a platform that is saying we welcome all expression even vile speech we welcome it all that's not how colleges have been certainly not these colleges yeah no exactly you nailed it on the head and the thing is it's never been free speech it's been preferred speech um or your priority speech and that's you know happens um all throughout. I mean, you go back to Penn. I mean, I, I kind of, you know, support Portnoy's son there about not hiring, although as a Penn alum, that kind of, you know, <laughs> doesn't go well for me. So hopefully he would probably do some research on that if I, before me, before I ever applied. Um, but from, before we were saying no, like that, the main thing is just, is just that, like though you can say certain things, but and other things, then you want to kind of, you know, clamp down on you. Like, I mean, look no further than the stuff that happened at Penn with Leah Thomas. You know, if you were objecting mm -hmm. to that, you were a transphobe, you were, you know, a hate monger, you were all these like nasty things that you were given all these titles that they, that they, they prohibited um, the female swim team from objecting to it because it was, you know, it adhered to the left LGBTQ fanaticism. So there, and I, when I was at Penn, we had, um, oh God, uh, Heather McDonald, what was the speaker there? Candace Owen yeah. was there. And there was, you know, all these like out, you know, outrage and they tried to shut it down. Um, Tom Holman, I believe if I had this correctly, um, former like ICE director, he was supposed to speak there, but they actually wound up canceling it 
because they were afraid of the dangers his uh, presence um, oh, the heckler's veto. Yeah, the yeah. We use the heckler's so, veto, right? We say we can't yeah, keep you so safe. We cancel you. Yeah, I, and I think that there was in 2018, 2019. My, my years might be off there, but I know that happened there. So, like you said, they they never really had free speech. It was always the you know, preferred speech or the speech that they wanted that yeah. they kind of um, you know allowed to happen. But if you objected to it, then you were kind of persona non grata. Yeah, well said, my friend. Well said. Follow him on Twitter at Chris W. Tremo. Chris Jamalier, Washington Examiner. Thank you, my friend. I appreciate it. Philadelphia's own. We'll talk again soon. All right. Thanks, Chris. I appreciate it. Have a good day. You too, buddy. And tomorrow is our big live show at the Grand Hotel of Cape May, New Jersey. I'm so excited, aren't you? I'm super excited to be there, and I hope you'll join us. Uh, let's go out in style. Let's go out with a bang, you know, last show of the year. Here's what you do. Uh, just come. That's it. You don't need a reservation. You don't need a ticket. Just come to the live show. The Grand Hotel is truly, truly at a beautiful, wonderful, amazing place. And it's a place you can take the kids to. So here's what I want you to think about, all right? I want you to think about the Grand Hotel splash package that they have for the family. This is a great package because the kids are going to love the beautiful indoor heated pool and the hot tub. They're going to love the game room. They're going to love Hemingway's restaurant. And you are going to love the savings. And the fact that when the kids are on winter break, you're going to be able to do something really, really fun with them. And that's what you do with the Grand Hotel of Cape May, New Jersey. By the way, my kids love breakfast at Hemingway's. I've talked a lot about, about uh, the dinners there and the wonderful food that they have and the amazing specials. But uh, they also have great, great breakfast. The kids absolutely love them. So that's why this, this splash package is so good for you and your family. You can take the kids there. You can enjoy yourself and have a lot of fun at my happy place, the Grand Hotel of Cape May, New Jersey. Now, always book direct with them for the best rates, all right? You want to do that, go always book direct with them for the best rates, and you will see exactly what I've seen, which is the wonderful care that they take with each and every one of their guests. They really do appreciate you being there and that shows every single day so go to grandhotelcapemay.com today and see their packages grandhotelcapemay.com they also have a big new year's package coming up this thing is complete with everything breakfast dinners champagne toast full dinner on new year's eve night oh it's going to be a lot of fun in the fifth floor ballroom where we will be live tomorrow for our show all right so i don't want you to miss it i don't want you to miss out make sure you join us tomorrow and just just a quick reminder when you take advantage of this splash package, the holiday family splash package, you stay two or more nights, you're going to save 15% off room rates. That's right. And you get a complimentary breakfast. You stay three or four nights, you're going to get, or five, I'm sorry, let me, let me do that again. I'm sorry. If you <laughs> we'll do this again, holiday splash packages include complimentary breakfast. When you stay two or more nights, stay three or four nights and save 10% off regular rates. Book five or more nights and save 15% off room rates valid from December 22nd through December 28th. All right. So it's going to be a great package for you. And I want to see you there. The Grand Hotel of Cape May, New Jersey, grandhotelcapemay.com. Thanks for listening to the Seoli Show podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and the Odyssey app. All right, Section 1512, everybody's talking about it today. You heard about it first last night with me. That's right. Welcome back to our fourth and final hour on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. It is me, Rich, with you, 855-839-1210, on Twitter, at Rich Zioli. This time tomorrow, we'll be wrapping up our fourth and final hour at the Grand Hotel of Cape May, New Jersey. I want you to be there with us live in person. It's going to be a great night and a lot of fun. All right? 
It's going to be a great time and a lot of fun. Uh, Philadelphia and Pennsylvania grocery stores are raising prices faster than anywhere else in the United States. So we got that, which is going, which is nice, right? This is nice. Philadelphians spend more than $400 a year on groceries than Richmond, Virginia shoppers. Our, Our cost of living in this area of the country is some of the highest in the country. No question about it. But as we all deal with that, we realize something that is an absolute truth. And that absolute truth is that these prices are affecting everybody and people are blaming Joe Biden for that. In the last 12 months, Pennsylvania had the largest increase in grocery prices than any other state in the United States, according to Consumer Affairs. The National Consumer Research and Advocacy Platform looked at prices in the state and they concluded they raised by 8.2% since last year, more than the nationwide price increase of 5.3%. The report doesn't stop there either. The Philadelphia region is the metro area with the highest grocery price increase in the country. This comes at a time when prices for all goods in the region have risen in the past few years. The Inquirer recently reported that local grocery prices skyrocketed to 24, skyrocketed by 24% since 2020. Now, the state with the lowest price increase is Colorado, where it's always sunny in Colorado. And it really is. They get a lot of sunshine out there. It's cold. They get snow, but then the sun shines. It's great. Colorado, Utah, that whole, that whole part of the country. Oh, I love it out there. Colorado only saw grocery prices rise by 2.9%. So to put that into perspective, Pennsylvania shoppers are going to spend nearly $500 more per year on groceries than shoppers in Colorado. Colorado shoppers even saw prices drop for certain goods like grains, beans, and pasta. Only 250 miles south of Philadelphia is Richmond, Virginia, the metro area with the lowest grocery price increase. This is from the Philadelphia Inquirer, by the way. Richmond shoppers will spend $427 less than Philadelphia area shoppers for the same groceries. And while prices for pre-made grocery meals rose by 5% in Philly, they dropped by 2% in Richmond. The metropolitan areas that experienced the largest price increases over the last 12 months, Philadelphia, Albany, New York, Syracuse, New York, Baltimore, and Boston. Now, let's think about that, those top five cities, right? Philly, Albany, Syracuse, Baltimore, Boston. Of those, the only state that is a swing state in 2024 is is Pennsylvania. Massachusetts, lost. New York, lost. Maryland, eh, mostly lost. Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, we have a shot at winning again. Philadelphia, the largest price increase, 7.4% in our our region of Philly, right? You you don't think that's going to be something that affects people. You don't think that's something that's leaning on people very heavily, something that is making people really think about this president, this economy and everything that's going on and the doddering old feeble old man. And just thinking back to what things were like when where in the back of your mind, you're going, I don't care. Things were better. Things just were better back then. What happened? And what happened? How did we get, how did, how did this go so wrong? Right? How did this go so wrong? And a big part of the reason why is that um, the left is trying to remake this country. And, I, and I, I, had a, I had a conversation with somebody about this earlier this morning, and they were going on, they hate Trump, they hate him, they can't stand him, can't the Republicans pick anybody else, and blah, blah, blah. And I said, look, here's the, here's the deal. People like his policies. Right? It doesn't matter if they like him or not, they like his policies, and that's why he's going to be the nominee. And 
They said, well, what about moderate Republicans? I said, well, he's winning in moderate states like California. We have moderate Republicans, allegedly. Although, although the definition of a moderate primary voter these days is so distorted, but whatever. The point is that it's the policy stupid. It's the policies stupid. And people that voted against him in 2020 because they didn't like his tweets or they didn't like his hair or they didn't like how we talked about people, they're all regretting that fact now when they've got to spend all of this money on things. And why is this happening like this? It's because the left is trying to re-engineer this country and they are spending money that future generations don't even have. They are trying to remake everything. And not just in America, but across the world. They had the COP28 summit, you know, hosted in Dubai. Dubai loves the oil. Oh, it's delicious oil. Sweet, tasty, crude. And they had the uh, COP28 conference there in Dubai. And the thing about it is that while that was happening, Biden's administration is going on about ending coal forever, mandating green vehicles, green energy, all of it forever. Here is... uh, Prince Charles, back before he became King Charles, in an address to Klaus Schwab's World Economic Forum, the green money from COVID represents unprecedented opportunity to rethink things. The current pandemic has brought unimaginable devastation to people's lives, livelihoods, and national economies. At the same time, the green recovery represents an unprecedented opportunity to rethink and reset the ways in which we live and do business. Now, I've long believed that we need a shift in our economic model that places nature and the world's transition to net zero at the heart of how we operate, Mm. prioritizing the pursuit of sustainable, inclusive growth in the decades to come. Having... uh, been championing climate action now for the last, I don't know, I suppose, 40 years. Yes. I can tell you that this isn't a fight for the faint-hearted. No. No, no, no. Increasingly, we are seeing more Mm. and more businesses, investors and consumers prioritizing sustainability and thus creating a... How sustainable is his mansion? Out of curiosity. How sustainable is the fleet of Range Rovers and Land Rovers that shuttle the royal family around? Out of curiosity. I'm just asking. I'm just, again, I'm asking for a friend. Asking for a friend who hates the friggin' royal family, you bunch of inbreds, because you burnt down the White House. I don't care what you have to say. But I do think it's important to think about the re-engineering of America and the world and what they want to accomplish, what the progressive left is trying to do. And they do a lot of it through the, v, through the lens of, yes, climate change. Correct, exactly. You win a prize. Climate change. That's what they do as their re-engineering society platform. We have to save the world, you understand? And sustainable futures for all. Much more virtuous circles supply and demand by leveraging market forces and the immense resources of the private sector. What, what, what leveraging market forces? You guys try to control market forces by forcing people what to buy and by restricting their freedom to buy things you don't want them to buy. Those are not market forces. That's government control over things. If you tell me I can't buy a gas-powered vehicle, that's not a market force. That's, that's the government getting in the way. If you start subsidizing all these EVs, guess what? That's the government getting in the way. That's not market forces, jackass. I'm sorry, King Jackass. I don't want to be disrespectful. King, your royal jackassness. 
I mean, he's no king like Phil Murphy's a king. His royal rugness, King Philip the Unaccountable. But King Charles is definitely a close second. There is hope that we can transform the situation. But But. I'm afraid we are literally at the last hour. Uh, And there is real urgency for action. The last hour. We know now what we have to do to Mm. rescue the situation. Rather than going on talking about it. Mm. Yes. Yes, uh, we are the last hour. The last hour, you see. Then the world will end and we will all die and we're all dead. Uh, The phony climate promise of COP28. This is from the Wall Street Journal a few days ago. Don't believe the hype that governments are phasing out fossil fuels. The COP28 climate confab in Dubai didn't end with white smoke on Wednesday, but Biden climate envoy John Kerry is nonetheless singing hallelujah after nearly 200 countries agreed to transition from fossil fuels. The point of the deal is to preserve the West's illusion that its climate policies are accomplishing something. China and oil-producing countries refuse to sign onto an agreement committing to phase-out fossil fuels. But John Kerry and European leaders insisted that governments at the United Nations summit demonstrate a common purpose to reduce CO2 emissions. The deal they agreed has all the force and idealism of the 1928 Kellogg brand pact that outlawed war. The deal calls for transitioning away from fossil fuels and energy systems in just in a just, orderly, and equitable manner, accelerating action in this critical decade. This just transition isn't binding and isn't defined. It won't stop China from building more coal plants or the United Arab Emirates, Dubai, for drilling for more oil. The Organization of the Petroleum Exporting Countries, OPEC, projects that oil demand will grow 10.6%. Between 2022 and 2028, and nothing in the agreement is likely to change the forecast. The deal calls for a tripling of renewable energy capacity by 2030, but countries will still need fossil fuels to back up solar and wind. Hmm, imagine that. Imagine that they need those things, right? I know, I know. There is a um, bill in New Jersey, by the way, and as part of the, the speedy energy transition that New Jersey is trying to accomplish with the other king, His Royal Highness King Philip the Unaccountable, the Clean Energy Act of 2023 would require New Jersey electric utilities to procure enough qualified clean electricity to supply 100% of annual electricity consumed by 2035. Now, there's no way they can do that without sending our money out of state, obviously. But they can't have an all-clean environment. That's why these oil projections are what they are. You know that and I know that. And the thing is, they know that too. And most importantly, Dubai knows that, which is why Dubai was just cashing in on the whole thing. They're like, hey, listen, we'll serve you canopies, canopies, and uh, we're happy to host you. But this whole thing is a scam. You know it. I know it. We all know it. Listen, Omaha Steaks is the absolute best. It is the best American-made, right from the heartland, baby, five generations, America's oldest butcher. And now is the time for you to think of everybody on your list and get them the delicious, amazing flavor of Omaha Steaks. OmahaSteaks.com. And when you check out, you click on the promo code, you put in my name, Zioli, you get $30 off your order. There's so many packages already uh, created for you, but you can make your own. And there's something for everybody on your list. So think about your clients, your boss, your father, your son, your husband, you. Think about everybody on your list and say, I'm going to take advantage of saving 30 bucks and the already 50% off site-wide sale that's going on at omahasteaks.com. This is real quality stuff. The steaks are perfectly aged for 28 days because that is the sweet spot, baby. 
Those low energy steaks you get at the grocery store, they're not aged for 28 days. Stop it already. Come on. This is real stuff. Premium American made and guaranteed. The best guarantee in the business. So for everybody on your list, think about it. You can do surf and turf packages. You can do classic steak lovers packages. There's even easy to prepare comfort meals and full holiday dinners as well. Desserts, side dishes, entrees, appetizers, it's all there for you. OmahaSteaks.com, promo code Zioli. Save an extra $30 off. Minimum order may be required. OmahaSteaks.com, promo code Zioli. Rich Zioli, weekday afternoons, 3 to 7, Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and on the free Odyssey app. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. Got clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. <laughs> 